from downtown, this is Tim Kitsa from NBA Jam, and you're listening to Nintendo Main Podcast. Boom shakalaka! All right, this week on Nintendo Main, we have Larry here from OC Remix. We're going to talk about video game music. Oh, wonderful. Let me tell you, there wasn't nothing final about Fantasy Seven. I'm all polygons. Welcome to Nintendo Main Podcast, episode 409, your place to hear Nintendo fans talk to other Nintendo fans about music and that sort of thing. And we are your hosts. I'm Trey Directionless Johnson. I'm Dashing Thief Mikowski. I'm John Lowrez Nitter. And this week we have a special guest. I am Larry OG. I'm the community manager of OC Remix, a bunch of video game music nerds who love it way, way, way too much. Welcome to the show, Welcome. Larry. It's uh, it's great. It's great to have you. You know, a couple episodes back, we talked. Uh, you know, we John uh, John talked about his like ultimate OC remix. Uh, you know, CDs from way back when and rebuilding the collection and all that stuff. And we also we also did a Patreon episode uh, last week where we did like talked about our like top five favorite OC remix songs of all time. And you know, we kind of counted them down oh, and all that. That was a really fun episode. It was fun. Oh shoot! Okay. Oh snap! Well, I hope. One of mine better be in there. What is what? What is your alias? What is your what is your <laughs> OC? Uh, what 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 is your code name for the for the mix? Oh, I am. I, well, I I am a I'm a pro wrestling nerd. So my handle is Lion Tamer. It is named after Chris Jericho's yeah. finishing move. I was going to ask you that that if it was Lion Absolutely. Tamer. I figured it was. You could see. Better. I was originally I was originally Y two J Lion Tamer. So right on the cusp but i loved him when he was in wcw and then loved when he jumped to me too wwe and so uh yeah so i'm named after his his finishing move i watch him in aew weekly aew i became a fan again Absolutely. for the aew i actually have a I have a chris jericho poster like right up here right right oh, up, nice. right, up, right above my head that i got that I, that i got from the uh revolution uh pay-per-view that was at the oh, c2 nice. uh, looks like a van gogh it was at it was at the C two E two convention in Chicago, so they did these like comic book posters for different wrestlers. So I got Chris Jericho's and I got Nyla Rose's over there also. Oh there. yeah, I so see it. Yeah, so that's kind of my little my my wrestling area. After uh, Jericho's world title win, I got ooh a little bit of the bubbly. I bought some of that. Oh, yeah. champagne. So <laughs> nice. Oh yeah, oh, I forgot, yeah, I yeah. forgot about the bubbly. Yeah, no, Jericho, big, the one that has the band. song. Yeah, Jericho has Judas. the has the band, yeah, Fozzy, and they okay. have the and the, his intro is a song that that they wrote, which it took. Oh, me so a, we saw him at AEW, didn't we? That you, we you saw him, yeah. You were at. I mean, he's he's a uh, makes an appearance quite often, you know. So you you definitely you definitely saw him when you were there. No, Jer- Jeremy came up here for a uh, Dynamite Rampage recording uh, in November or something. Was that what it was? Mm-hmm. Or no, it wasn't November. That was when I was there last. It was before that because the November one is the. 
Thanksgiving. They always do one before Thanksgiving here in Chicago. It was a different time. It was it was in like I think it was in like June or July because they were building up the uh, Forbidden Door stuff for oh, for that okay. for yeah, last yeah. year for 2023. So so there was a lot of New Japan Pro wrestlers there. That sort of thing. Look, but, you know, I feel Trey. I feel like. We are maybe brothers from another mother, something like that, because <laughs> well, there's the, you know, a little bromance <laughs> happening here on. Uh, I, a Valentine's little bit, Day. A, a little all come bit. together. Yes, I do. Right. I, uh, OC that's Bromix. That's right. We do. Uh, right. <laughs> we, I mean, we do. We do talk a little bit about uh, wrestling on this show. Uh, we'll be talking about it today too, because uh, AEW Fight Forever just got new DLC dropped today. So that's Ooh, that's in the news okay. also. Uh, a little, little, a person named Swerve Strickland is now available to play on the game. So oh, nice! Pretty, okay, pretty, All pretty right. awesome. Swerve when I drive, I got you. yeah. For anybody right. who's cool, fan cool, of Swerve, cool. Swerve is in the game now, so I'm pretty hyped about that. Oh, oh, that's brilliant! I automatically made him, uh, made him the world champ once uh, when he was added to the game. So I'm hoping that's a uh, predicting the future there for the for the next paper. Nice, but we'll, we'll see. Oh, t- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, totally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, totally. Well, I'm, I will just say real quick to sidetrack us yet again. Uh, I'm excited because I am going to my second WrestleMania ever for this year's WrestleMania. I'm going to attend night okay. one. Okay. Uh, so cool. I'm excited. I'm excited for that. So I don't even know what the you know main event picture will be, but uh, but definitely excited for that. So where, where is going that being held? Philadelphia. Is it still the Rock? The Rock and Rome and Roman? Is it not that anymore? Uh-uh. No, no, you got to keep up on it. So they, I don't, uh, I don't watch WWE, so I don't know. <laughs> oh, I, hey, listen, I, you know, I've uh, well, I've been watching for ooh, gosh, I mean, uh, 34 years, so a long time. And um, I mean, WWE is on a major resurgence creatively and everything like that. I mean, look, I, I can't watch three hours of Monday Night Raw because that's a huge slog, but I will speed through it at like two and a half times speed and then, you know, stop where you know, where I want to see the promos or match finish or something like that. And so, um, regardless, they, they've been building a lot of characters and been building a lot of stories. So it's actually been way better now. And I've been, I've, I've been through some very lean, <laughs> lean and, and, and corny times in the world of professional wrestling, but it's been good. Uh, right now, uh, they had a press conference in Las Vegas right before the Super Bowl, And, um, Cody had not actually, uh, Cody Rhodes, who won the Royal Rumble this year, had not actually picked who he was going to face. He was going to step back and allow The Rock to fight Roman Reigns, but it turns out that the fans rebelled against. They didn't it like that. And no. were tur- I, I knew that nope, much. And they were, <laughs> yeah. So WWE did a nice pivot, and they really made it work. Where um, the The Rock was up there talking about how this is going to be monumental, this is going to be historic, this is going to be amazing between the you know our bloodline and yada yada. And Cody came out and said, this is a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> and he literally said that on stage and um, came out there and said, "Uh, uh-uh, Roman, I choose you. And he's going to face Roman Reigns at WrestleMania in the main event. So oh, they good. pivoted. And, and what happened was uh, he told Roman, your ancestors would be ashamed of you. And Rock took it personal and he slapped Cody Rhodes in the face. Like, hey, if you're talking about his if you're talking about his ancestors, you're talking about my ancestors. You're talking about his family. You're talking about my family. You're talking about his blood. You're talking about my blood. And then gave him the Will Smith right in the face and uh, <laughs> boom. So that they've, they've realigned, you know, they, they took a different direction, but then they've, they've gotten it back to where the fans want it, which is Cody finished the story. So I'm excited. I don't know what I'm going to see, but uh, but very happy. You, I'm in you'll, Atlanta, you'll, so I'm you'll be there. there, Philadelphia. But yeah. I gotta go. I, yeah. I gotta go. I gotta be there. Nice. That's exciting. Definitely. 
Yeah, and I, I I saw on the internet that people were all mad about it, but I you know I'd be mad about it too. Like it's uh you know it's kind of like everybody expecting one thing, and they're like, oh wait, the Rock, but it's like no, uh, we need Cody to fight Roman again. Even though I did see him when he fought him last time at whatever yeah 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 that was when Cody first went there because I you know I remember a Cody, ago, Cody yeah. from AEW and all that, and I was there when he got booed multiple times, and they threw his belt back at him, and that's why he left because yeah. nobody liked him in AEW. So people forget about that. People forget that he that, that nobody liked him when he was here, so they moved. In, so he went to WWE. Yeah, it was a very weird dynamic, and I didn't think that the WWE audience would accept Cody that easily and that quickly. But literally, the moment he he came back, he was like the most over baby yeah. face in the entire company. So they love they love Cody. I mean, he's uh, lifted his profile in a major major way. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know why. Like they, yeah, they they hate him in AEW, but uh, they love him in WWE. So I guess they just like the 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 whole look. I mean, it was basically like, yeah, it was like when he how he first was when AEW first started and all that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, I I never you know I never necessarily disliked him. I just you know he had a really long intro and he could be kind of annoying about promoting his TV shows and all that. I get that, but absolutely, I didn't want him to leave necessarily. <laughs> but he got yeah, he got hella booze. Like I was there where. Yeah, that I was there. Like I said, I was there that time because he used to throw his belt into the audience, and they threw the belt back at mm-hmm. him during the match, and that was a pretty major uh, event, I think, for him that made him think that maybe he should go to a different federation. But yeah, we should yeah, we should talk too long about this. I know. Uh, yeah, speaking I have another. I was going to say I have another. Uh, you know, we we have a wrestling show that we do called Wrestle Chat that we where we stream on Twitch Twitch TV slash Main Podcast where we talk, oh! where where we talk about. Uh, <laughs> where we talk about wrestling stuff and we play AW Fight Forever. <laughs> so you can check that out. We just, you know, we put them yeah. up every every Monday or whatever. And that's kind of where that is. But let's talk about OC awesome. OC Remix because we have you here to talk about that. I guess you're you're saying that you have done you have done uh music on there. I don't know, just give us tell us about how you found it, how how you came into it, what your involvement is and all that. Oh, sh- oh sure, sure, sure. So, uh all right. So I'll just say for the for, for the record, officially, before anybody thinks that I have any talent, which I do not, I do not make any music. I have no musical talent. If you sung me a note, I would not know what note you were singing to me. So I know nothing about anything. But, however, I am a big, big fan of video game music. And I guess, uh, let's just, we'll do the Reader's Digest origin story. I was in college way, way back when, this is around uh, 2002, and I was doing a uh, student radio show back in the day over at uh, Emory University here in Atlanta where I live and um I was subbing in for another DJ who couldn't make their show pretty much I was Johnny on the spot if if anybody ever had a gap where they go I'm not going to be able to make my show I would be like I got it and I just immediately camp out and and run cuz I enjoyed doing the radio station so much well when I subbed in for somebody one of my uh, friends was in the spot before me and he said oh Larry what are you playing I said, yeah, I'm doing a mixture of like mainstream music and video game music. And he goes, oh, video game music. Oh, you should check out this website. At the time, the the uh, URL was remix.overclock.org. That was the old URL that we had. It still works, I think. It, I think it'll still redirect. But he told me about Overclock Remix, and that was a bunch of f- fans uh, taking video game music themes and, and doing different stuff with them. That was cool to me. I checked out the website. I think at the time there were about 500 tracks and I downloaded, let's say 30, maybe just a handful from the games that I knew. I, you know, I don't know what games you guys grew up on, but obviously like the classics for me, right? 
Super Mario Brothers 1, 2, and 3. Mm-hmm. Like, what was the stuff I'm checking out? Double Dragon, um, you know, Mike Tyson's Punch Out, that kind of stuff, right? And so I didn't have a lot of games growing up at the time. And I just wanted to check out the ones that I personally had played as a kid. So even though there were other games that, of course, you know, I'd heard of, you know, Castlevania's, Mega Man, Zelda, and all that, I never played those games growing up. I didn't have any. Uh, nostalgic connection for those so i just stuck with the ones that i knew and of course you know other stuff that i played you know on the super nintendo or sega genesis that kind of thing and i grabbed about 30 just hey let me sample this see what's up i really enjoyed what i heard but that was about the extent of my involvement there and i just said okay that's cool you know that's great but the other thing that i had done was i told my roommate my college roommate about it at the time and i told my best friend from high school about this website like yo check this stuff out and what my best friend from high school ended up doing was when I told him that all the music was free, he's like, wait a minute, free? Like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, I jump in it. Like, I got it. And he downloaded everything. He grabbed every wow. track on the website. Uh, and this was back in the olden days where, you know, bandwidth was super ass expensive. And even, uh, you know, DJ Pretzel, who founded the site, he put up a message on there like, hey, listen, you know, don't download all the stuff at once. Like, don't grab it all quickly. It'll really, you know, it, it'll like give me expensive hosting bills and stuff. And, uh, you know, my friend didn't care. It's <laughs> like, it's all free. <laughs> he didn't get, he didn't care at all and grabbed it all. But what, what ended up happening was that the following summer, after I heard about the site, he actually ended up staying at our house um, for that summer. So he brought his computer and all the, o- and he's like, Larry, I've got all the OC remixes, you know, from the website you told me about. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Let me, let me check this out. And I sat down over three days on summer break and just from a like act razor to Z zillion or whatever, I just went like boom, 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 boom. Wow. And was, you know, Hey, he did all the work for me and grabbed everything. So I said, okay, let me listen through. And what I ended up finding out was just, I was impressed with a ton of stuff that I heard on there in terms of what I would, you know, say were like my keepers and stuff like that, probably like a third of the track. So maybe, you know, 100, 100, 130, 150, somewhere around there, um, you know, out of the 500. Uh, but even there, right. It, I was learning so much about different video game soundtracks that I never had any exposure to. So, I mean, listen, I, you know, I don't play RPGs. Like I'm not enough of a bonafide, you know, nerd and stuff like that. So, I never played Final Fantasy, like any of them, uh, you know, Secret of Mana, any of that kind of stuff, Xenogears, you know, freaking Chrono Trigger even, right? I like never played it. But through OC Remix and through listening to all that stuff, I got introduced to so many different, um, you know, game melodies and stuff like that. And from that point on, after I listened to everything else, I said, oh, shit, like I'm hooked. I will like. It, it opened my eyes to so much cool stuff that I said, yo, I will never skip anything that is put out on this website ever again. Like I will at least listen to what's there. And, and that made me from just like, Oh, this is all right. This is cool to super, super, super fan. And so that that's essentially like, that's my origin story of how I heard about it and how I got hooked. And then from that point, I, as I mentioned, I was doing college radio. And so that made me kind of pivot like all the music of OC remix that made me pivot into, Oh shoot. Like there's a whole bunch of, you know, musicians and fans out there that are doing this stuff. Like I want to play it on the show. This is really cool. Like I want to, I want people to hear it. And eventually I'd been doing that for a few years. And so folks from the community 
every Saturday night would come listen to the show, like from all around the world, people were listening to uh, my show VG frequency at the time. And they would send me music like, Hey Larry, I'm working on this. You mind, you know, debuting it on the show or whatever. I'm like, Oh shit. <laughs> like, sure. Wow. I will definitely do that. And would, would end up interviewing a lot of the arrangers and stuff like that. And eventually what would happen is people then would start saying, Hey Larry, I'm working on this track. Like, what do you think? Give me some feedback about it. Because essentially it's like, Hey, if he likes it, you know, something's good, you know, he'll play it or whatever. And that got me started into critiquing people's music. So again, right. Even though I don't have any talent, I don't, I'm not a musical person. I can't sing. I, I was never a performer or anything like that, but what I can understand and appreciate and what I can speak to is comparing somebody's arrangement to the original video game music and appreciating what um, different te musical techniques are being used to distinguish the arrangement from the original music. So if you're changing, you know, the tempos, you're changing the rhythm, you're changing the genre, you're, uh, you know, sw switching up the instrumentation, you're adding original solos or original vocals with, you know, uh, fresh lyrics, anything like that, you know, understanding what people did to personalize their version of a piece of video game music. So that's sort of, you know, where, where I fall in. And because I was doing that a lot, the judges panel team at OC Remix invited me to join their group. And so now I'm one of, uh, right now we have 10 judges and, uh, which is mostly made up of musicians, but there are two of us that are, are listeners that, you know, are not musicians and we will listen to all the submissions that come in. Fans will uh, submit all their you know, video game music arrangements and we will evaluate them for their production quality as well as the arrangement creativity. And if they could pass on you know, both of those aspects, then they can be featured on ocremix.org as an OC Remix. So that's sort of like where you know, the, the specialness of the idea um, comes from. Um, uh, DJ Pretzel started it back in 1999. And so I showed up around, uh, early 2002, about two and a half years into it. And, uh, yeah, so it'll be 25 years, uh, this coming December. So Amazing. it's been running for a while. Oh I've been, wow. yeah, I know. Well, we're old, we're old, we're old, we're old. Isn't that awesome? We're all old and middle-aged and stuff. Now we're, we're, we're super young. If we were all politicians, they'd be like, who are these whippersnappers? So <laughs> I still feel young and I, I still have the maturity level of a, a 13 year old. I think, I mean, they pay me more than that, but, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't feel particularly <laughs> adult like or anything like that. I'm still a kid. So, um, but yeah, that's basically how I that's basically how I got involved. And then I'll just say real quick, as far as the scope of what OC Remix has done over the years, um, we we we've got over four thousand tracks thus far. Uh, gosh, I mean, yeah, over forty three hundred. If you if you took and this this doesn't count any of the albums that have come out. We've we've also put out more than a hundred uh, community albums as well. So you know, from the very start, we had Super Metroid, Relics of the Chozo. That was the first arrangement album. Uh, uh, and Donkey Kong Country Kong in concert was a second. And we've gone through, you know, several of the Final Fantasies. We've done several Zelda games, Mega Man, like, you know, a lot of the major ones. And then, you know, some some more minor stuff um, or rather, you know, stuff that's sort of low key and under the radar. Like we've got a, P a, a mid 90s PC game, Teen Agent, that was made in like Poland. You know, we've got an album for that, too. I mean, there's it really runs the gamut. And um yeah, I mean, fans continue to send us stuff all the time, and I guess since we've been around so long, we've we've had folks that have uh, started 
making music at OC Remix and have gone on to become professional uh, musicians and professional game composers. I, you know, our, our, our most famous example of literally someone who started at OC Remix would be Danny Baranowski, who did the Super Meat Boy soundtrack, wow. The Binding of Isaac, oh, yeah. um, you know, uh, what the heck, uh, Crypt of the Necrodancer and, and uh, Cadence of Hyrule and stuff. So, um, yeah, you know, yeah, he got inspired to even start making music because of OC Remix. He was later on the judges panel as well, um, you know, back in the day. And now, like, that's his you know, full-time job is, is making video game music. And I mean, we've got to, I mean, at this point, gee, I mean, there, there's a ton of contributors who have um, gone on to become game composers and we've had, you know, we've had classic game composers also um, contribute stuff um, to the website as well. Like we've had the fat man who did the the seventh guest, um, David wise, who did the donkey Kong country series, Grant Kirkhope, who did, you know, uh, stuff from, uh, uh, you know, donkey Kong land, uh, banjo kazooie, Goldeneye, you know, 007, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, a ton of stuff, um, you know, ton of stuff, even, you know, Mar- Mario and Rabbids, you know, uh, relatively recently. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we, we, we've got, yeah, we, we've got, uh, it, it runs the gamut. It really does. A lot, a lot of folks on there. So, um, yeah. What do you want to know? I know. What do you want to know? I, I, I could, yeah. I could talk about this nerdy stuff all day, but, um, I just like, I just, I like video game music a lot. <laughs> Jake Kaufman too, right? Yeah. Jake Kaufman, right? Like, didn't yeah. Jake Kaufman get a start on there or did it before and then was on OC Remix? You know, he did a bunch of indie stuff as well. Yeah, no, no. I would say, um, God, I would love, boy, speaking of somebody who I would love to interview, yeah, Jake Kaufman, Vert. Um, he's, he definitely was making music even before OC Remix was ever a thing. So, I mean, I'm sure there's tracks of his that go back as far as, you know, 1998 and probably further, you know, I'm sure he was dabbling or whatever. And yeah, he's one of the early, early contributors to OCR. He actually, him and and the the founder of OC Remix, DJ Pretzel, um, David Lloyd, they got into some sort of, you know, spat, you know, some argument. And this was before I ever showed up in the community. This was maybe a, like a month or two before I ever arrived in the community. And I wasn't anybody, you know, for, for a while after that. But he split, uh, Vert, you know, split off and left and formed his own website, VG Mix. Um, that's archived right now. But I mean, I mean, Vert's since come back. Everything was squashed like so many years ago. Um, gosh, like probably like, yeah, I don't know, like like 15, 16 years ago at this point. <laughs> so yeah, everything's been super, super cool. And uh, yeah, we've got plenty of uh, vert tracks uh, on uh, OCR as well. But yeah, I mean, he did, you know, Shantae, Double Dragon, Neon, DuckTales, Remastered. Shovel Knight. Like uh, Shovel, Shovel Knight, also, duh, yeah. what the hell, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Lot, lots of way so, forward and, stuff too. Yeah, no, I mean, I just, I recognize his name because I had a lot of his soundtracks. And when I was looking through uh, uh, stuff on OC Remix recently, I just saw a bunch of Jay Kaufman stuff. I was like, oh shit, that must be the same guy. So yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. I just think like... It, it seems like like when you came into those remix, you had kind of the same story as I did, where where I was like, I I didn't, you know, I I've been playing video games my whole life. I didn't necessarily personally think of video game music as like something that could be enjoyed outside of the game itself. And like I, when I found OC Remix, it was like a revelation to me that oh wait a minute, there's people who are just like listening to the music without like playing the game you know just listen to the music by itself and like I, I can do that like why didn't i ever think of that and then i was just like all in <laughs> I, I i think over the course of a weekend i just dove in and listened to like everything that i could and pulled out all my favorites and made my cds that i had mentioned before uh yeah I, I just i think i think oc remix was the place that for me at least really crystallized the idea that video game music can be out enjoyed outside of video games 
Oh, absolutely. No, thank you for saying that, mm-hmm. John. I think uh, w- one of the things that I should have, you know, even mentioned about sort of the, the, the overarching mission of OC Remix and everything. So when DJ Pretzel, you know, started it back in the day in uh, 1999, he said he wanted video game music to be seen as, you know, equal to any other form of music. And um, that's why it kind of, you know, it, it runs the game. It wasn't even until like, you know, several years ago that we added uh, you know, what we call our tagging system where we have genre categories for, you know, all of the arrangements and stuff like that. It used to be back in the day, you know, if, if you look in the MP3 metadata of all the stuff, right, it says game. We purposely didn't put the genre, you know, or attempt to label any of the genres because what ends up happening is people would go, oh, well, you know, is this, you know, metal? Oh, well, I don't listen to metal. I'm not going to listen to that. Or, you know, is this... uh you know, is this jazz? Well, you know, jazz is lame. I don't like that. And so we, we wanted to get away from a system where we were classifying everything as like singular genres. I mean, we have a lot of tracks on OC remix that just don't fit into, mm-hmm. you know, one, one genre. And it, the, the labels would end up making people just say like, well, I just want this and I don't want that. Even, you know, you could even say, well, look, just the way that I came into it. Right. Just like I was detailing for you guys. Oh, well, I'm familiar with these games. And so I don't want to touch the rest of this. And that was the way that I looked at it. Now that I got, you know, the, the deeper look at it, now I can further appreciate and go, Oh, shoot. Okay. Well, you know, the, the, the OC remix label, as it were, means this is something cool. Whether or not I'm going to like it, you know, that's up to me to decide. But if it's up here, that means it has some sort of creative value. And it's like a stamp, you know, it's like the Nintendo seal of approval (laughs) on it or whatever. And so, um, yeah, we, we just introduced genre labels, um, recently that are on the website itself, but even then we don't tag the stuff with just singular genres. We're trying to get people to kind of sample around. I would heavily encourage anybody because I, I, you know, I, I say this anytime I get to talk to folks about the website, right? Like joining the website changed my life, right? Like I've been the community manager since 2006. I've been one of the judges since uh, 2004. You know, I've gotten to go to lots of conventions and speak about uh, what OC Remix is doing and, and, and get to talk about video game music in general. And just because of, uh, just by nature of being the community manager of OC Remix and helping people, you know, with their careers and stuff like that, I've helped with marketing uh, different video games and stuff like that. So I've gotten to go to, you know, Tokyo twice. I've gotten to go to Paris for a week, like paid, I got paid to go. I think that stuff is really cool. Like just to, just to get to, um, uh, do some of that. And that's all like by extension of my nerdy little, um, hobby that I found for myself just because I decided to, um, go deeper with, with this, uh, music community. I mean, it's such a special community. They're, they're, they're again, right. They're people who, uh, I mean, being in it as long as I have, right? There are a lot of musicians that have come through where, yo, they're fucking scrubs. Like, they suck. (laughs) They don't know what they're doing. They're there to learn, and they've got eagerness, and they've got enthusiasm, but they don't have the skills yet. And so the great thing about the OC Remix community, even though we will give people um, you know, negative feedback if their stuff is not good, it's something that certainly wasn't there in the earliest days of OC Remix, right? Like in, in the olden days, the feedback would be like, LOL, this sucks. <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck? Get out of here. This is awful. And we've thankfully, um, I guess, you know, getting a little older, a little wiser, realizing that other people are human beings and have feelings that you don't want to, you know, just rip stuff apart. You want to be supportive and make sure that people aren't 
torn down, right? You want to yeah. build them up. And so the the level of feedback that happens um, through OC Remix these days is just so much more in-depth and so much more helpful to the people that are submitting these days that you know we've seen people come in as total scrubs and not have it together at all. I've seen so many people and I could rattle them off and I'm, they wouldn't even mind me rattling them off. Right. Like I like, I'll even say, Hey, right. Like, I mean, Zircon, he used to be garbage. He's amazing now. Like oceans, Andrew level 99, uh, prophetic music, you know, Rexy, Brandon Strader. Like there's a whole bunch of people who they, they, they came in, they had potential and enthusiasm, no polish. And through going through that process and getting their stuff, critiqued but in a helpful way that's not just like hey you suck you're you're never going to be you know good um that that uh you know being able to uplift people we we've gotten them to where they're really really strong solid musicians and so uh we've had over 1500 contributors you know thus far like i said over 4300 tracks if you took every track from start to finish not even the album stuff forget all that if you took the just the just the single remixes from start to finish it would take 12 and a half days with no breaks to get through the entire collection. So like, wow, there's a, there's way more than when I started. There's a ton, there's a ton of stuff these days. And um, it's, it's really rewarding to get to sort of nurture that community. And there's lots of other great spinoff communities too. Like, I don't know, you know, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of um, the other communities that are out there, but like there's dwelling of duels, which is a monthly, a monthly competition that's focused more on, on live performance and using live instruments um there's the pixel mixers community which does a lot of community albums um there's game grooves uh i mean there's there's old stuff that even there's the older stuff that inspired oc remix like there's c64 audio which is a commodore 64 um uh, remix website there's remix.qued.org and amiga remix those are all in the european like the commodore side of the scene um it there's no official headquarters of it per se but like the japanese doujin scene doujin just means like fan stuff so you can have you know doujin anime doujin mm -hmm. manga like you can have doujin it just means fan created and stuff uh, but there's a doujin you know video game music arrangement scene and there's no central place for it but there are you know hundreds and probably you know at this rate probably thousands of of, of fan musicians um out there on on the the other side of the world that are doing stuff and so, um, yeah, it's a vibrant scene. And now, you know, look, the, the, the world is flatter, right? There's YouTube and SoundCloud and Bandcamp. Like, there's nothing getting in the way of um, people getting their stuff out there. But, e but even in a climate where anybody can release their music anywhere, people still want the OC remix, you know, seal of approval. So it's nice. It, it definitely does. Like, yeah, it's nice to know that that, that still means something, even, you know, again, approaching 25 years of doing it, for sure. I was going to say on one hand, like, that's a staggering amount of music. Like you said, 12 and a half days or whatever, or is that what you mm -hmm. said? 12 and a half. Oh, but, yeah. but it could be so much junk. Like you said, if it wasn't regulated, if it wasn't ran through the community, like I think that's, right. that makes it a, like a, a really strong source of music. Like you said also, like you didn't want to put genres early on, but that's like every music service now is trying to turn you on to genres or like recommend the next thing based on the genres. So, I don't know. It's it's really cool and pure that it was happening there first. I think oh, there's yeah. a lot of places to get some to get media these days. You know, YouTube and Spotify and all that. And it's just fantastic to have a source that curates it for you, mm -hmm. not by some algorithm or whatever, but by people 
combing through it, rejecting stuff that's not good enough for this site. And then when it's, when it is good enough, putting it up there and, and also saying in the review section below, like kind of breaking down the song and saying things like, you know, this song was, was good. It, it had some few weak spots here and there, but here's where it was really strong. And like, I, I, I appreciate all of that. I like that, that I can go to OC remix and, and, be guaranteed that there's going to be some certain level of quality that's worth my time to comb through the, the 1400 songs that are on there. And then to see, even though I'm not a musician myself, see, see folks uh, making constructive criticism there about the song. It just, it makes me feel even more welcome browsing through there. Like, like this is a place of community and creativity and lifting people up. Yeah. And I think, um, so one of the things that uh, I mentioned Zircon earlier, um, before and he's coming out with a new game on uh in april uh flowstone saga so so zircon is somebody like the the other thing that will scare me about oc remix but it, you know it's true is there are a lot of people with multiple areas of talent so i don't even have one talent but i'm i'm i get upset because we have contributors that are good at a lot of things and so andy is one of those um andrew versa zircon and um besides making music he has his own music sample company called Impact Soundworks that um, he created. And now, you know, Secret of Mana was one of his favorite games growing up. And he always wanted to make a game like it. So he did and learned how to program and like just made a game called Tangle Deep, uh, which is on Steam. It's gotten, you know, some pretty solid traction. And so this, the follow-up game to that is um, it's like a different genre of game, but it's called the uh, Flowstone Saga. And that's going to be coming out in um, April. One of the things that he said, uh, and, and, and by the way, he used to be a judge. Like he, he was the, uh, one of the first judges that joined after I joined. Um, but he said that it's very, very difficult in the music space to find people out there that will give you worthwhile, in-depth critique of your work. And even in the pro audio circles, it's like impossible to get the kind of feedback that you'll get from OC Remix. And it's different from, say, the feedback that you'll get just putting you know, your stuff out there on YouTube and SoundCloud where people will be like, oh, I loved it. Oh, it's awesome. It's great. Another one of the former judges that we had, uh, William Harvey, he's a, a British arranger. He goes by Will Rock. He said, you know, he 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 had a, a pretty significant YouTube following before he ever came to OC Remix, but he had a lot of people gassing him up on YouTube, like, yo, send your stuff to OC Remix, they would love it and everything. And he sent some stuff and it got rejected initially. Mm. He's like, yo, fuck these guys. I fucking hate them. That's the other thing. We have like such great stories of people that have come through that, you know, they'll come through, they think their stuff's amazing, they'll send it. We're like, ah, like we get the dagger out there, like, ah, nah, nah. And so I'd say you're doing the best you can to not yeah. research. Like you're doing your best not to be like, well, maybe they did this other stuff, so I know what to expect. Like you're trying to listen to it with virgin ears. Well, I mean, you know, I've I've heard of a lot of musicians, so I mean, there's certainly people that come through where I go, oh yeah, I've heard of them from wherever. But the the thing is, um, I don't know, maybe it's like a mantra for life, right? Like, look, all I can do is be honest and straightforward with you, and I don't care who you are. Like, look. We've had people that have been frequent contributors. We've had professional composers get rejected. We've had, um, we've had people with followings get rejected. We've had people that have been on the judges panel get rejected. So it doesn't mean like just because you're a staffer, like whatever. We don't care, man. Like it's easier to just be honest and 
you know, slice and dice whatever you need to do. <laughs> just be honest. Like I'm not gonna. Mm-hmm. I, I remember um, it was it was maybe like a few weeks ago where you know it was it was a um, one a, a member of the judges panel, um, Emunator, uh, my friend Wes. He submitted something. And I listened to it and I said, man, this mixing is like jacked up. I don't know what the hell happened, but like, it's messed up, man. I I like, I love what you wrote. This is great. You know, arrangement wise, impeccable production wise. I don't know what happened, but I got to go. No. And he joked with me later. He goes, oh man, you know, I was, I read your comments and I was so pissed. And I was like, Larry, old man, what do you know? Fuck you. (laughs) And then he listened to it and he realized he accidentally like, left something on or something that he shouldn't mm-hmm. have and some effect that was supposed to be in there actually was throughout the entire track and it janked it up he didn't know that he accidentally did that in the render so he goes ah oh, you're right man like yep i didn't realize i made the mistake and i'm like ha, 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 i don't care i don't care who you are dude it's i would say in a way like, the review yeah. panel saves you the uh the actual slings and arrows of the of, of, the, of the comments the more the yeah <laughs> the comment section. section yeah 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 i, I was gonna ask like what it like what the um you know you you kind of you kind of talked about it there but like yeah what are the things that like make you say like oh we can't take this or you know like what like you know is it is, is it like does it, it sounds too much like other stuff that you already have or it's too simple or what what are like things that you run into that'll like make you say like no to whatever to whatever song that you hear you know, coming oh, in. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Oh, well, thank you. No, I mean, I, I, I thank you for the question because it's making me uh, realize what I'm sort of not speaking to. Right. So one of the things, um, so when DJ pretzel started um, OC remix, one of the things, right. Is we have our little funky little brand name of OC remix and it's actually, actually capital R lowercase E capital M, you know, remix. So it's, it's got the mixed case. And the reason for that is because, we are not actually a remix site. Now, it is our fault that everybody calls video game music arrangements remixes. But what a remix really is, like the actual definition of a remix, is you take the original audio and you manipulate it in some way. And you add to it and, you know, and uh, splice it and dice it and, um, and add your own audio on top of it and, you know, integrate it with other stuff. But typically what... OC, re- OC remixes are is they are arrangements and the definition of an arrangement is you take a composition and you adapt it to a different set of instruments so right so instead of taking the audio from the original game and then saying I'm going to stretch it or I'm going to you know um, uh, transpose it somehow you know or whatever um, these are musicians that are either using a DAW, which is a digital audio workstation. They're either using, um, you know, a computer program to, you know, input the, the music, uh, just told, and they'll sort of just arrange it in their own way, or you'll have live performances or some sort of mixture of that. Right. But, um, but it isn't actually sampling, right. We're not sampling the original audio. It's, it's arrangers that are, doing their own rendition of it for a different set of instruments. And so that's sort of the key difference. And, you know, OC Remix is sort of a brand name and everything like that. We've totally screwed the pooch on that because anybody will call any just sort of thing. Like there's, you know, people just interchangeably say remix, arrangement, cover. Like, (laughs) like, you know, and and those are, you know, those are different things, right? Like a cover, like what I would consider a cover is something where, um, 
it can be an arrangement, right? But it's very, very straightforward as in you basically retain the same tempo, rhythm, and style of the original song, but it's for piano or it's for guitar or it's for, you know, uh, uh, you know, I don't know, you know, name some a saxophone, oboe. who cares, whatever, oboe, yeah, <laughs> the oboe hobo. So, um, yeah, but in terms of what we're looking for, right, um, for the, pro- I'll, I'll speak to the production quality first, because that's sort of easier to speak to, right? I mean, you need everything that, to, you need the sounds, especially if you're not using real live instruments, right? If you're using sampled stuff, it has to sound reasonably realistic, like it has to have some degree of um, sophistication to the sounds. Um, you can't just take, you know, general MIDI and send that to us. It's not going to sound good for like, you know, today's, um, audio standard, you know, like if, if all the musicians who, you know, worked with MIDI back in the day, you know, in this day and age, they wouldn't use that. They would use, you know, more modernized, um, you know, samples and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, everything needs to have an appropriate sense of space. Everything needs to sound reasonably sophisticated. You know, if you're using a sample, it can't, it can't sound like completely robotic and stilted and lifeless. It's got to have some sort of humanization to it so that, you know, it feels reasonably, um, realistic. It doesn't have to be, you know, realistic, but it has to be somewhere in the realm of, um, you know, uh, sophistic- sophisticated. And, you know, the same with, you know, electronic stuff, right? Like it can't just sound super vanilla and super, you know, dry with, you know, very basic beats and stuff like that. You have to have some sort of sophistication to the writing as well. Um, so that kind of dips more into the arrangement side, right? Like you can't just one for one, you know, if we're doing the Super Mario Brothers theme, you can't, you know, you can't just send it, you know, where's the you know how are we personalizing it so you know change the tempo change the rhythm put it throw a big sub bass under there maybe yeah you know put it in a different key you know add lyrics um you know do whatever you want to it but the thing is right it's music there's a million different ways to to do something in a different way we just need you to do enough so that you know you're still paying respect to the original music but it can also stand apart enough from the original music. Does that make sense? Like yeah. it's, you know, you want to honor because we believe in, you know, arrangement is the, we think arrangement is the best way to pay tribute to video game music, right? We've all heard really cool covers and like kind of, you know, one for one, very straightforward, you know, maybe like a sound upgrade and stuff like that. We've heard all that stuff on YouTube. That stuff is cool. I like it. We, I, I think we all do. The thing is, we feel like we are showing the most respect to the video game music composers that created this stuff by demonstrating the flexibility of the compositions through interpretation. If we can show like, yo, you can take the super Mario brothers theme and it can be jazz, or you could do dubstep, or you can make it sound like a cinematic cue, or, you know, it can be, it can be whatever you want, right? Like you show the flexibility of the music through interpretation we think that's the best way to pay tribute to it. And so that's why we, that's why we do what we do. One of the other things I'll say real quick is that um, a lot of times that level of interpretation, it can throw people off, right? Because just as I said, right, we love super close cover. You know, we, you know, us as fans, we would enjoy hearing say like aquatic ambience from Donkey Kong country, right? Beautiful theme and stuff like that. If we went to um, you know, a live show of some sort, like, you know, an orchestra or even a rock band. And if they played it like very close, 
and stuff like that, we'd be like, yo, that's really cool. Like, I'm glad they did that. But if we can show that we can do it in some other different ways, I feel like the original composer would probably look at that and go, oh, shoot. <laughs> like, you know, they'd be mm-hmm. like, oh, I, okay, I didn't know you could do that. That's like you're blowing my mind with what you're doing. That's what that's what the, the kind of reaction that we want to provoke. And so mm-hmm. sometimes, though, that level of inter- interpretation can throw people off because they have a very, like, very specific nostalgic itch that they want scratched and we don't do it. Sometimes yeah. like we've got plenty of OC remixes that are melodically close, but they personalize the theme in other ways. Like they'll add original counter uh, melodies and stuff like that, or lyrics or, you know, what, what have you. But sometimes you'll hear stuff where you're like, Oh, what the fuck? Like, okay. Ah, uh, this, you know, and the mood will be totally different. Like, for example, I said aquatic ambience earlier, right? Like we've got, you know, we've got, you know, uh, tr- we've got like a trap version of, of, of aquatic ambient. So we've got, um, we've got like noise. We've got like a noise version. Like, okay. It's abrasive. And you know, a lot of people wouldn't like it. Oh, you like noise on. I mean, well, I, I I don't know what you would call it. Like, you know, friggin' experimental or something like that. Right. But, um, and I'll, 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 (laughs) I'll send it to you. It's like a hundred gecks or something. Yeah. I'll, I'll send it to you. Um, because you know, the thing is right. One one thing I don't want people to misunderstand, right? The objective of what we're doing, because some people go, oh, well, this doesn't fit the mood of the original game and it doesn't sound like the original game. It's like, dude, it's not made for a next-gen remake of the game. That's not why we're doing it, right? We're doing it to, to um, uh, you know, show a different side of the music, right? So I would just ask that, you know, for anybody that's new or that goes, okay, yeah, I'm interested in what you guys do. If you go, oh, I love this theme from Pokemon, but like, oh, why is it, you know, why is it metal now? Like, it never sounded like that in the original game. It's like, because it's not meant to be dropped into the original game. It's not meant to be dropped into like the Switch remake of the original game either. So let's not, you know, don't just, you know, don't just look at it through those uh, restrictions and uh, you know, keep it keep an open mind to it, and uh, and and hopefully you'll find some stuff that you like. I mean, look, we I'll, I'll just say real quick because I'm a, I'm a known bloviator. Thank you guys for being very patient with me because <laughs> I'm a known bloviator. But you know, I was mentioning some of the um, genres that people get pissed off at. Like we've got okay, anything that's dubstep, metal, rap, and hip hop, or if people add lyrics, people will hate that stuff. <laughs> like a lot of video game music fans, they go like. Yeah, I just want instrumental music. Like most video game music is, is is instrumental. And, you know, some of those other genres, they're like, you know, polarizing genres. On the flip side of it, I've dead to rights seen people go, you know what? I thought I hated dubstep, but I heard the Zelda dubstep. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, now I get it. This is good. I love this. Because I understand what you're referencing and everything, I've got the frame of reference there. Okay, I can rock with this. Like, I'm cool with this. But I used to hate it or like, yo, I hated metal, but okay. I heard the, I heard the Pokemon, you know, battle music and it's like metal. Okay. This sounds good. I'm on board. Okay. I was closed minded before, but now I'm more open-minded and we hope that, you know, if you have a particular theme or something like that, and you've got some nostalgia, some nostalgia for it that you'll go, okay, well, I'm, I'll give this more of a chance. Right. I mean, there's always a, there's always a possibility um, that people won't. But it has opened some uh, some eyes and ears to that stuff. And then on the flip side of it as well, as I said, I was a fan and I didn't know a lot of the music. Well, I've certainly been introduced 
to a lot of music and by way of that a lot of games through oc remix as well and that's why i I always recommend like look don't just stick to the stuff that you know don't just stick to the nostalgia try everything like we put we have torrents available we've even got like you know like when i responded in the in the tweeter to y'all i said oh it's time to catch john's time to catch up (laughs) like here's the big you know link to all the you know the mega pack this has got everything in it and it's like there's never the, the the wonderful thing about what we have going is that like we haven't stopped. Like that's the um, that's the thing that I I fucking love about OC Rubik's is like it's so steadfast and it's there. Is that like, dude, you can dip out for 10 years and you come back and you go, oh shit, like they're still around. Yeah, yeah, what did I miss? Like, oh shit, they're still here, they're still doing stuff. And um, I, I think it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's bigger, better than ever. Like, I'm, I'm loving it. I mean, we, we've got a nice little streak going. We've, we've posted a new track every day without exception for 45 days. And I'll see how long I can keep wow. it going. Wow. I don't know how long. But, uh, I mean. You need one of those happened. signs behind you. Like, oh, yeah. Place. <laughs> every 45 days. How many, how many days since well, not? Of releasing a song this many maybe, days with, maybe. Uh, yeah, without no. Yeah, we've, 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 we've released a song every day since uh, New Year's Eve. Uh, last year, so uh, nice. yeah, awesome. I mean, go go get it, go, go get it. I think it's you know, it's, it's just great to to hear. You know, when I go to OCU Remix, personally, I, I go because I don't want to hear the exact songs from the game. Like, I, if I if I hear a game a, a mix that's like too similar, like I, I think that's very few and far between on your site. But I, I tend to go toward the ones that go more experimental. I want I want to hear, and I, I go there because I want to hear people's impressions of the music that that we all heard when we played the games i want to hear yeah. their their impressions thrown back at me in a new and different way i'm looking at one of mine uh that i have on my on my uh, uh phone from your site that i listen to all the time there's a remix of the super mario brothers theme song you know the the, the basic video game theme song if there ever was one that we've all heard millions of times athletic but every time i hear this one is it kind of breaks my brain a little bit even though i've been listening to it for 20 years it's the super mario brothers uh dirty mix dirty mix yeah dirty mix you know that one oh yeah yeah it's by a scholar and a physician a rich brf and bin and binster yeah what is it uh yeah i mean right that came out even before i had uh heard of the website myself right so that's that's super uh old school but yeah that dirty mix like uh, man for anybody that if, that's a great introduction like that's a yeah. tremendous introduction to what what we do <laughs> for it sure. just at every it's kind of it nuts to think that song was that song came out less time after the original game than since then true yeah passage of time baby <laughs> passage that's of time true. i love that kind of stuff I love, I love stuff that get gets creative and and it doesn't it doesn't feel such a, a an adherence or a loyalty to the the original source music that it can actually do something new and exciting and make the super mario brothers theme song that we're all to some degree kind of sick of at some point not you no you do you do not john you do not speak for me i <laughs> okay, grew up on okay. the theme i love that theme i'm pointing right at you no 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 you, 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 hex hex on you i'm not tired of that theme baby yeah. never what am i tired of no i'm kidding no well, you know what let me say this though because a lot of times like somebody will ask me in an interview they go like okay you know, four thousand tracks. There's got to be some themes you're you're fucking tired of hearing. Like, Shallow you got to stop sending this stuff in. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> no, right? Yeah, theme right. Chrono Trigger. So, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shallow <laughs> theme from Chrono Trigger. Terrace theme from Final Fantasy VI. Oh yeah. I saw Trey's back on there. Like, 
you know, uh, Wily's, you know, theme from Mega Man 2, the Wily Castle theme, you know, um, as you said, John Mario Overworld theme, stuff like that, right? So the thing is, I can't, I can't say that yet because we've got some stuff where we've certainly got, you know, I think like Aquatic Ambience, we just posted, you know, oh my God, let me say real quick there. So we just posted um, one by um, Immunator, who I was talking about earlier, my friend Wes, who's on the judges panel. And he just came out with this aquatic uh, ambience arrangement called Ancient Relics that we just posted a couple of days ago. Like throw that, th- throw that into the show. Like throw that in the show. Like I'm. This is my personal oh, yeah. request. Like post producer, whatever. Just throw it in the show. <laughs> that would be true. Say uh, yeah, uh, uh, like email it to me after we're done talking or something, so I can yeah, remember. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, absolutely. So I'll email it to you right away. So the reason why I bring that up is because we have some themes that you know over time have emerged as like vgm standards even in like sort of the jazz scene in like new york and everything like that you know people are coming up with what they call like the vgm fake book right like you know jazz has had the you know fake book for uh decades where right there are just certain standards that are just accepted within the jazz community is like these are inherent to the culture of what we do and so it's good that you would know these and video game music is kind of emerged in that way where you have no matter what, you've got the themes that stand like head and shoulders above the others are like in the hall or like in the VGM Hall of Fame, like aquatic ambience. Yeah. And so somebody will go like, is there a theme that you're tired of? And my honest to God answer, even if I weren't involved with OC remixes, no, because you'll think you've heard every idea that could be done with a theme. And you're like, oh, man, like Shaw's theme again, you know, and then when you listen, you go, oh, shit. You go, oh, no way. What? No, really? Oh, shoot. I can't believe it. So I will say I've been shocked numerous times where I go like, it's not even that I'm tired of the scene or I hate it or I don't want to hear it, but it's just more like, yo, what, what else can be done? And I'll be shocked. So yeah, you can, so you can go to OC Remix right now and you can sort, um, we have a songs listing and you can sort it by the number of remixes. And so you can go there and I promise you, you'll, you'll, you'll go to one of the ones that's got, you know, more than 25 arrangements on there. And you'll be like, dude, what? No, I don't believe it. So yeah, pick like, you know, the overworld theme for super Mario brothers one and dirty mix is one great example, but you know, another, another great one that I love is, um, by, um, a a New York arranger, uh, it's called Mario likes Thorazine. It's it's basically the it's basically the overworld theme for like sm- like it's like chamber music in a way like small orchestral ensemble. It's magnificent. I'll send that one too. You don't have to like play it. Otherwise, I mean, I could literally just be like, play this one, play that one, and do that one, and do this one. But <laughs> there's so many great renditions of like the old reliable themes that you think are corny and played out, and they're just not. Man, they're good. I love them. I love them. I love them. I love them. So, um, and on the flip side, I'll just say the other thing is some some people will think because we've got you know 30 arrangements of uh, you know stuff, you know uh, the Zeal theme from Chrono Trigger or something like that. That, oh, you know, OC Remix, all they want is just, you know, the popular games and stuff like that. Dude, hell no. We want any game. Like, any game can be represented. It doesn't matter if the game came out last week. It doesn't matter if the game came out for the, you know, Atari. We don't even have any Atari stuff yet. Um, 
you know, maybe like one track from the Atari ST, but I'm talking about like, you know, the 7,800 or whatever. Like how much music you know, was there on the Atari? It was just, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, there's not much that you could, yeah, you there's can not make much something that out you could work with. Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe. But, um, but all, all I'm saying is that, you know, in terms of what the musicians arrange, like we never try to steer people like, yo, you have to arrange this or we prefer the old stuff and, you know, don't, don't, don't fuck with this new stuff. No, I mean, I think like probably the most recent game that we have an arrangement for, I think the most, most recent would probably be stray. I think. Okay. Um, so, you know, like, dude, it's all open. Like we want it all. We don't care. There was no bias here. So, you know, send it, send it, send it. And, um, you know, we, we don't have fans, you know, we don't allow fans to submit on behalf of other people like, Oh, this is awesome. You should post this, but you know, encourage your favorite YouTuber, like send it in. We want it. We want it. And one of the things I want to be more intentional about going forward is, you know, the community manager is just, you know, I had in my head, there's so many times where maybe because I felt like I wasn't as established in the community or anything that even though I was a judge, I would never pull people aside and be like, yo, you know, send this in, go ahead, you should do it. So I want to be a little bit more intentional about that, like trying to find more people to just say like, hey, welcome to the circle. Because one of the things that happens is we have such a reputation of, you know, it's a high bar and it can appear very difficult to get in. And so I have to sometimes tell people like, yo, please don't talk yourself out of submitting stuff. You know, don't get scared and don't get afraid of like the process. Just just send it in. Like a lot of a lot of times people will self reject their own stuff because they don't have the confidence in it. Whereas if they just sent it like let us let us decide, like we'll pick it apart and we'll tell you what we need and we want to help you. If it's not there, we want to help you get it there. But a lot of times and we even had this conversation just this past week with people in our judges panel where I said, yo, what, you know, what is this about imposter syndrome? Like, let's talk about that a little bit. And, th and they'll go like, yeah, you know, even though I've been on the judges panel for years, I've been afraid to send stuff in because I don't have the full faith and confidence in it. And I'm like, oh my God, Like, <laughs> if you guys who are trusted to know where the bar is, right? Like we literally empower you to decide what's there. And they go, yeah, you know, it's like, I feel like it could make it, but I'm not sure. And it's like, oh Jesus, like we have to like deprogram <laughs> everybody and get it, get you know get them to loosen it up so that we can have you know nine thousand tracks on the website <laughs> instead of our measly little forty three hundred that we've got. So I'll work on it. I'll work on it. Oh, I just wanted to add. When, hold on, before we get to the next thing, uh, when we when you were talking about like having you know music on there, specific things and all that, uh, you are credited mm -hmm. for like specific songs, and you say you don't write music. Like, what do you do? in those oh. in those songs that you're credited for you caught because I, I found a, no, I found I a couple <laughs> while you were talking here you you did don't worry I, <laughs> I don't have any like i said i don't have any talent and i would not lie to you gentlemen about having any talent so i do have a voice and occasionally i've lent my voice to some tracks but it's always in some sort of cheeky non-serious manner and so i have some performer credits where you know uh my voice is in there like what was the track a uh, funky monkey love yeah, I'm in there. It was a Donkey Kong arrangement, and I played the part of Funky Kong, and so I I, I threw in a little verse, a, a little rhyming verse, and it took me uh, it took me two minutes to write it. It took me then one minute to do one take, and then another minute to do a second take, and then boom! So in five minutes, I was an OC remixer. Nice. <laughs> yeah, you're a musician. So I am not a musician. I don't have any. I, I I swear to God, I don't have any talent. But I will say this. 
I do have a lot of ideas. I do have a lot of wonderful musical ideas that I have no way to no way to do anything with. However, um, the, the judge who I've mentioned a couple of times already now before, um, emunator, uh, he did that ancient relics Donkey Kong country arrangement that I recommended that, um, uh, that we, uh, showcase here. He actually joined the judges panel as a listener. He was not a musician when he joined. He then, after, you know, uh, being involved on the staff level at OC Remix, then he started making music. So we do have those stories of people coming in as just listeners and being involved in the process and being able to kind of, you know, in a general way, speak that language of music or at least speak the language of what makes for a good arrangement. And he came in and he is just a phenomenal musician. Like he could be a pro right now. And, um, and he's actually looking to start that, you know, to, to start like full time as a musician. And so, I mean, it's like, he's more than capable of it. I have full faith. I have full faith in him. And, you know, the community is capable of fashioning more people like that. Um, I am not one of them. I don't have any, (laughs) I say that over and over again. It's like, I, I'm not, I don't just have fun being self, uh, you know, deprecating about myself. Uh, you know, I, 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 you know, I was a kid, I pirated, you know, FL, you know, or, or Fruity Loops back in the day. Now it's FL studio. I pirated Fruity Loops back in the day. I was like, Oh, let me see what this is about. Cause I thought, Oh, it'd be cool to make, you know, video game music arrangements. And, and then, yeah. Right. And so then I like touched one of the keys on the piano roll and, you know, and the, someone like effect that did like a warbly like, and I'm like, Oh no, 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 no. Okay. Oh no, no. <laughs> I was just like, okay. I'm, I'm a punk and I'm intimidated, like not for me. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, you know, I, I, I stay in my lane, but yeah, all the stuff where I'm credited, it's just my voice is in something like the, I think the latest one, there was a final fantasy four mix. Yeah, I'm like way in too. the background. Yeah. There was a big choir. It was like a choir of like 20 people. And so, you know, if you, if you throw me in with a choir of 20 people, well, I'll, I'll sound half decent if you can, you know, use what works and cut down what doesn't work and stuff like that. So yeah, anybody, you know, um, the other thing that's kind of cool, right? I mean, right? I'm an OC remixer, but again, not because I'm an arranger, um, but you know, as a performer, yeah. I mean, if you want to help with that and you think there's something you can lend to the picture, you can definitely do that. When we have, um, I mentioned that we have a hundred albums that we've put out so far as well, right? Those are community-led albums. Like, there's no, you know, we're all volunteers, right? We don't get paid. You know, I don't get paid, even though I'm the community manager and stuff like that. Nobody's taking like a salary. Nobody's taking any, you know, just like money from the side for Ferraris and shit. Mm. Like, you know, we're all doing it for the love of the video game music. And so with the community albums that we have, we'll have people email us sometimes like, oh, I would love to do an album for this. But like, I'm a nobody. You know, I don't even have any background in the community. Like, you know, can you all make it happen? I'm like, you make it happen. Like you don't, you don't need to be anybody. If you, all you, yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. Send in your, you know, if you're a musician and and yeah, sometimes people will go, I don't know anybody. Like, I feel like, you know, is it like a big click? Like, do you have to be friends with somebody? They're like, no, no. What are you talking about? We don't get 1500 contributors by like, everybody has to be clicked and you know, no, like, nah, just send it in. It's all good. And if you want to arrange a community album project, just like, start a forum post or come join our discord and go, Hey, I would love to make uh, an arrangement album for like, you know, Sonic adventure Two. And if you want to do that and you can find enough people that are like, Oh shit, I love Sonic adventure. Sure. I mean, we've got people that will jump in. Like that's the thing, right? When it's a broad enough community, you've got people that'll go, I love Sonic adventure Two. I want to do it. 
and some people just go like, oh, the challenge of an album, I want to do it too. Like, the, hey, have you played Sonic Adventure? Hell no, of course I haven't, <laughs> but they'll do it too. So, you know, th- there's all sorts of contributors there and um, you don't have to be special. You are special, you know, <laughs> come by and combine if you've got the, you know, as long as you've got the perseverance and the, you know, the the willingness to nag people, you can make anything happen. Like, come on, enjoy. See, I, so I was sort of, uh, I, I don't think it's necessarily an aside, but uh, when you were saying earlier, because, you know, you, you've been kind of leading with, I'm not a musician, but, mm-hmm. you know, I, I have an ear for stuff. You know who else is like that? Who's extremely famous in the music industry? Rick Rubin. Rick Rubin, yes. Rick Rubin. So you're like, because yep. you're, you're kind of like uh, Rick Rubin of OCD Remix. You know, sad to say, I'm much I'm much poorer than Rick Rubin, but yes, no, <laughs> absolutely. No, you know what? And I, and I appreciate you. Um, thank you, Jeremy, for saying that because um, I heard that his book was really awesome, and I do need to re- I do need to read that. Yeah. So thank you, thank you for um, um, putting that back on my uh, radar. Um, yeah, no, no, you're right. I mean, Rick Rubin is you know, for and he's been involved in like all yeah. over the all over the spectrum of genres and stuff too in history Absol- of music. Absolutely, absolutely. So when no, you review your totally OC remixes, are you just laying back like with, with no shoes on and just kind of? <laughs> Long hair flowing in the window. <laughs> the sunlight hit you. I have a I have a nice pair of um so Gray Lightning, one of the judges there, um when I joined, I go like, hey man, like, you know, I just have a bum ass pair of headphones. Like, what can I listen to that's night? Like, what can I use that that'll be cheap, you know, relatively inexpensive, but it'll be good. And so I've had the same pair of Sennheiser HD four ninety-sevens for 22 years of being a, a, a judge um has it been 22 years no i'm sorry almost 20 years of being a judge at uh, oc ring so it'll be 20 years for me in july and i've used that same pair ever since i started but he said like i mean and he he was a professional audio engineer he's like this is what you need like this is about 60 bucks good for your range it's got great response and like all the frequencies that's what you need i'm like okay awesome thank you like i can trust what you say and uh yeah, I stuck with that. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, I have the, these, I've gotten these, to... these headphones, these headphones that I have right here, these Sennheiser two eighty Pros. Uh, I've had these for like over twenty years. They're actually all taped, taped together on the top. With, audio with, uh, we haven't mentioned that. With a, I have electric nice, tape bro. like all around the sides because it kind of came apart on the top. But yeah, these are my original, <laughs> uh, my original recording headphones that I got in like I don't know two thousand four or something like that. Maybe, maybe yeah. before that. I don't know. And, I do have a backup pair just in case because, you know, because the, the 497s have been discontinued like years ago, but I love them so much that I got a backup pair and uh, I paid like 90 for the backup pair because I couldn't, you know, on like eBay or something mm-hmm. that or whatever. You can find them cheaper now. But, um, yep, just in case. I'm like, I'm like, just in case. Yeah. What is it? Um, But, yeah, no, no. I, I, I mean, uh, the the. I love the Rick Rubin comparison. I, I definitely don't feel wor- worthy of that. Although um, I, I, I'm super flattered by that. And there's probably more parallels than I'm willing to admit. And so, um, <laughs> no, I love that. Like, look, I mean, as I said, right, I've gotten to travel the world and stuff like that. And one of the coolest things that OC Remix as a community got to do is back in 2008, Capcom asked us to do the Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo HD Remix soundtrack. So when Street Fighter 2 was revived, on um you know xbox 360 and ps3 we did the arranged soundtrack for that and that was because one of our community members shale riley had done in 2006 
they did a Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo tribute album called Blood on the Asphalt. Well, the Capcom staff, they were using it like at E3 and stuff like that. They were playing it in the booth and everything like that. And so when it when it became real that they were going to bring Street Fighter back, um, they invited us to use those tracks from the Blood on the Asphalt album and then, you know, fill in whatever gaps we could with more, you know, newly created music for it. And we got on a Street Fighter soundtrack. That's fucking crazy. That's incredible. <laughs> like, so, and I was, yeah, and I was like, a, you know, I was like assistant um, director on that soundtrack. And it's crazy. Like, dude, S- Street Fighter 2. I hope you got personal- paid for that. No, no, we're dumb fans. We're dumb. No, we got, we got, we got, we got swagged out. We got absolutely okay. swagged out by Capcom. So we did, we did, we did get some really cool stuff. Oh, yeah, I bet um, you did. But so that's the difference between me and Rick Rubin. Like Rick Rubin char- is smart enough to charge, whereas I don't charge. But what is it? Uh, so yeah, no, I super, you know, Super Street Fighter Two Turbo HD Remix. I'm like, whoa, my 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 name is in a Street Fighter game. Like it's in the credits. I'm in Moby Games. Like what? Yeah. I mean. I would have never, that's like a bucket list item I never knew I could get. And like, that's fucking cool. And that's, that's cool for all 20 musicians that were on the soundtrack as well. Like to, to have that, um, you know, credited on there. And I mean, again, right. Just since then, all the musicians that have had stuff, I mean, I used to keep on our little site wiki, like a little list of like, okay, here's all the musicians that have, you know, done a soundtrack here and there and they've got credits here. And, And like, I have, I stopped maintaining it in like, like 2012 or something because it's just there's too many now like there's hundreds like there's too many i can't you know whether they're whether they're voice actors or you know ui ux people or musicians or audio you know directors or whatever there's just too many people in, in our scene that are in the professional realm now i mean that's cool i mean and and then i said way back right like they're they're ja- they're 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 people that I'm jealous of them because they have a lot of talent. Like I said, Zircon, you know, he does a you know the music sample company he makes games and stuff like that. There's um, probably our most famous member these days that's still active in the community is um, Joe Zija, and he's a voice actor. And he um, uh, many years ago, I don't know if you guys saw the Star Fox, the Battle Begins, and like the oh, animated yeah. short. It was like 11 yep. minutes. Oh long. yeah, yeah. So that. so. Yeah, so so Joe is the voice of Fox McCloud in oh, that. Well, that's cool. Like that's that's our guy. Like he he goes nice. by Expert Novice. So anybody you know, please check out his his songs on OC Remix. And he's one of our ten judges right now that's on the site. So even though like you know we are beneath him, like like you know I knew him before he was famous and before he did all that stuff. But now like he could easily just be like, guys, I've got a successful voice acting career, like all that, like. You know, I, I, I happy trails, but like he's still involved. Like, you know, he came up through like he came up through us. <laughs> so and he found a home there. Right. And, you know, beyond just being, you know, beyond being a voice actor, which he only started maybe like five, five or six years ago or something. And now he's doing like he in Fire Emblem Three Houses. He's the voice of Claude Von Regan. Okay. And in um, Genshin Impact, he's um, uh, Risley. So um, he's voiced like major characters and major stuff and he's you know done lots of smaller roles too but like he's been in he's been in you know like anime and he's been in plenty of video games he's also um he's like x air force i think he does parkour and he's a published sci-fi author with tour books like Wow. wow guys what (laughs) like does this person ever sleep 
I don't know, but he probably looks buff and sexy doing it because of all <laughs> the like cool shit that he does. So I mean, um, yeah, no, we we we've got. A, I don't even know what 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 thread I'm taking on with, with this, but um, just uh, yeah, we we've worked on some really cool projects, whether it's you know individually or as as a community. I mean, even for um, I mentioned Danny Baranowski and and how we came up through OCR and how that paid back eventually is. Um, OC remix, we did one of the remix soundtracks for Crypt of the Necro Dancer. So, you know, there's, there's, um, you know, Family Jewels did one, um, you know, Chipsel, and we've got our own, the over the Crypt of the ne- Necro Dancer overclocked. So, all, you know, all of our dudes, right? And that's just like a love letter to, yo, thank you, Danny B. Like, you know, he, he started with us and he said, like in interviews, like OC remix is his home base. Like that's, mm. and to think that we've had somebody that's already made such a huge impact, um, you know, whether it's Jay Kaufman, you know, whether it's um, Danny B, whether it's, um, you know, people that have come through, you know, since then, like uh, Will Roger, who's done like several Mortal Kombat soundtracks and Star Wars soundtracks and stuff like that. Like, you know, he's somebody that's been a contributor. Um, Dale North is somebody that's really um, um, been coming up. Uh, Geez, Alex Mukala, who does amazing like funk videos and stuff like that. Like, you know, he's he's somebody that's contributed in the past. Um, uh, Kevin Penkin, he's done like several. He's done uh, lots of video game scores, but also you know anime scores as well. Like, um, there, there there's there's too many too many too many talented people. But uh, I mean, bring bring them more. Bring them like we want like we want them like. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what to say other than I I I love what they've been doing and uh, I I hope it continues for a long 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 time. When when someone nice. makes a submission, I'm interested to know like what's the process of how that submission uh, bounces back and forth between the judges and and what's the voting process and who gives the final say if there's someone who gives the final say all that. If you can just kind of speak on that. Oh, sure. Okay. And I'll keep it briefer than the way that I bloviate for everything else. But so the, the way that it works, right? So currently we have a panel of 10. Uh, the, the administrator of OC Remix uh, right now is Shark Ansari, who is Dark Sword. And he's a former judge as well. He is our poobah now that DJ Pretzel has uh, retired. And uh, as he said in his own words, gone home and gone home to be a family man like Guile. So uh, mm-hmm. what is it? Uh, so he'll be our tiebreaker if we ever need one. But uh, we have 10 judges. And essentially, um, we have a submission form on the on on the website. You can go to our forums and see where it has the uh, submissions uh, tracker. You can submit your stuff through there. You tell us, you know, what your name is, you know, what your musician name is, and a little bit about why you made the arrangement and what video game music you're arranging. We will put it to our panel of judges. We have a little private forum that we have where we post up all the you know the information along with the songs and the arrangement, and we will listen to it and just. There's no rule of like, you know, whoever gets to it gets to it. And if you get three unanimous no votes, it's a rejection. If you get four unanimous yes votes, it is accepted. If you split, then it is a difference of three. So if you get five yes votes and two no, that's a yes. If you get three yes votes and six no's, that's a no. And so that's kind of how our process works, right? Like you need less vote. If it's going to be unanimous, We've probably established that it's a clear, you know, winner or loser, and we send it on its way. If we get a split vote, which is oh, where it gets dicey, then more judges end up having to come in. There's no rule on like, hey, if it's this, because uh, I've been asked this before, like, oh, if it's a certain genre, does that mean like the rock judge gets it or like the orchestral judge? No, like we 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 test people and we have people 
um, listen to several submissions if we if we want to interview them to be a judge, and which is actually a surprisingly rigorous process where we'll give you say like seven or eight tracks, and we'll say give us your feedback as if you were a judge. So don't say it like you're talking to us. Say it like you're giving feedback to the artist. Let us know what you think, and you're evaluating it as I said earlier on production quality and arrangement creativity. Um, and if you're you know, if you're in sync with with the standards of OC Remix and where the bar is and you're not too lenient and you're not too harsh, then welcome aboard and we'll have you as one of our evil, evil judges. And so, um, yeah, if, once we get enough, once we get a sufficient amount of votes and we, uh, you know, uh, um, decide either way, if it's a no, then we publish the votes publicly. Right. So it's a matter it's a matter of public record. So um and everybody can read and you know it's it, it makes it sound more uh you know juicy and where's the dirt but you know it, it's really just about the transparency right like hey here's what we thought the comments are there if you like it you like it if you don't like it you don't like it and we always say like listen we try to be as subjective as possible but it's music right so it's subjective by design like there's nothing you can do about that but we do try to be as objective as possible so there's plenty of oc remixes where i said you know personally it's not my thing but it it clearly it's a pass like i'm down with it or i've said god i love this track like in a vacuum this is amazing but because of abc xyz we can't pass it and sometimes it'll be like look this is very well made but you only you know, let's say, let's say it's a five minute, oh, let's make it, let's make it simple. Yeah. It's a five minute track. You only reference the video game music for like 90 seconds. So there's not enough video game music. We can't accept it. Like, I love what you did, but you got to give me more like of the video game music. Sometimes that'll happen. Um, sometimes it'll happen where the arrangement is great. But like I, like I said, with my friend, uh, Wes, uh, Immunator, the mixing is messed up. Like this is well-written, but this is jacked up. Like we can't roll with it. Like you're going to have to tweak it and make it so that it's not as abrasive or it doesn't sound like it's 50 feet down the hall, you know, like make, you know, it's gotta be reasonably produced. So it, yeah, stuff will happen like that. Um, and then if it's accepted, you know, we don't publicize the decision until the uh, music is posted. But, you know, I mean, if the arranger needs to see it or they want to tweak it before it gets posted, you know, they can do that. And we'll send them the information. But, uh, yeah, we have our little uh, we have like a dashboard, as it were, that the public can see. They can see the votes in progress. They don't get to read what we say, but they get to see what the count is, like one yes and two no's or, you know, three yeses or it's on the cusp. And then there's a list of what's ready to be posted. And gosh, we have such a backlog because it's a great community. So we've probably got like a hundred tracks waiting to be posted. It's like, it's, it's, it's a killer, but you know, like I said, one a day, we will, we'll chip away at it. And we'll, we'll catch it up there. But uh, that's pretty much how the process works. Like we just have our folks listen to it and give their, you know, honest, honest um, feedback. And, um, you know, uh, I will say as far, as far as sort of the, the human dynamic of it, right? Like, We've had people be pissed, right? Like, fuck these guys. Like, what the hell? Why are you turning my shit down? We've had that. Um, I can say, because we've done it for a while, we've also had the, you know, the flip side of it of, you know, um, I mentioned, you know, people that started as scrubs and then they've grown and, you know, they've they've gotten, uh, you know, hardened by the process, right? Like pressure makes diamonds and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. We've also had plenty of people just be like, you know, fuck these motherfuckers. I hate these guys. Like, they, they suck. They don't recognize my brilliance and, you know, and we'll never hear from them again or whatever. And then thankfully, though, we've had plenty of people who go, you know what? And this includes some of the people who are judges or have been judges, you know, since then. 
we've had plenty of people that go, you know what? I fucking hated you guys. But five years later, I'm, I'm reading back what you said. God damn it. You were so right. And I just wasn't seeing it. You know, that's not to say we're, you know, cause it'll sound like I'm saying, Oh, we're so perfect. We know everything. We're right about everything. We've been wrong. We've been wrong on occasion. We've had, we've had, um, and thankfully it's rare because we encourage people to say like, Hey, if you don't agree with the decision, like, let us know if you're pissed, let us know. And so we've had people go like, Hey, I don't know why you rejected it, but you know, I'm upset and like, I'm going to be real measured about it, but I'm mad. And I, I don't know. And I've, I've had stuff where I've gone like, Hey, what? Like, wait a minute. I know who that is. Let me listen back. And then I'll go, wait a minute. Why the hell did the judges reject this? Like, it'll be something I didn't vote on. I'd be like, wait, the judges reject this. No way. I've, I've flipped the table. I've been like, uh, uh-uh, uh, we fucked up. <laughs> like I had one, a mega, there was a great one by this, um, arranger, Laura Platt. It's a, it's a very brief, um, Mega Man nine arrangement, but, uh, for, um, uh, piano, a, a beautiful, uh, piano waltz piece. So she had sent it in and it got rejected maybe like three years ago. And I think I randomly saw her on Twitter and she said like, you know what? I don't submit to OC remix anymore because they rejected one of my pieces. And there was like, you know, I didn't agree with the feedback and there's literally like nothing I can do to address this feedback. And so I went to read it and I go, I, and I listened to the track, which I'd never heard before. And I go, you know what? She's right. And I moved it back to the panel three years after the rejection. And I said, you know what? I can't necessarily make like, I'm just one guy, but I'm telling you, I agree with what she said. She's right. I think this was a mistake to reject this. And so maybe we'll still reject it, but I'm going to move it back. And everybody like to a man went, Oh my God, what the hell? We were totally wrong. And like flip, 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 flip. <laughs> and, and we posted it and thank God we did. But it's like, we we're all human and we, we can make mistakes too. And so we just want, you know, communication is the key. And if we screw up, you know, let us know. And even if you're mad, cause it's not like Laura reached directly out to us and said, you need to fix it. She was just griping, you know, online, but I saw it and I took it seriously, you know? And so, um, because I want to pay, you know, proper respect to, um, people that are criticizing the process. So we'll, we'll, we'll look back on it, but you know, overall we have had people though, still that have said, you know what? I didn't agree at the time, but when I look back, I get what you're saying and I needed to grow to understand that I thought I was the shit and it wasn't there yet, but now I'm the shit. <laughs> so, um, you know, we, we've, we've got plenty of war stories of that too. Nice. I'd say with anything anybody does as they're getting better at it, like that's how it works. You think you understand, but you don't. So the next time you do something, you're like, well, actually I want to do this little thing better. And, but before you know it, you're like, you're doing all that tweaking yourself. So it's like that, initial feedback could be very, you know, soul sucking for somebody that thought they did everything right. But if they were objective about it, they were like, wait, this means I need to learn more about this. And maybe going back to the drawing board could benefit them in music in general, not just for this particular song. No, absolutely. And, um, you know, part of it, as I was saying way back was like, again, the olden days, it was the wild west of like, LOL, bar- what the fuck barbecue, this sucks. And, stuff was very harsh and dismissive back in the day. I was a part of that. Like I came in and that was the climate that I came into and it'll seem like I'm saying, Oh, I just wanted to go along to get along. And like, that's what it was. It was just more like, dude, I mean, just stupid and you know, young and ignorant and dumb and, uh, and, and not realizing that like, I mean, 
how are you going to engender you know good vibes with people if you're just like man that fucking suck bro <laughs> like back to yeah. the drawing board that's not how we do it and so thankfully um gray lightning was a judge where he never overtly said like guys we need to shape it up but what he would do was praise the people that were going more in depth and as we would have some of the old guard flow out and new people would come in. He was very involved in the process of trying to find people that were good at communicating. And so that was like his quiet way of sort of just building up to what things are right now. So even though gray lightning has, you know, long since uh, left the community, um, that kind of impact um, still pays dividends now where like, yeah, like when we look for judges, if you're too harsh, not just about where your bar is, but in how you communicate. Like if you're a dick, what the fuck? <laughs> like, and we can have, and you know, we, we have like, we have some judges that can be really blunt and be like, man, like this is messed up. This is jacked up and like that. But at the same time, you know, and you have to read what they're saying, but when stuff is clicking, they're also like, bravo, like this is crushing it. And so as long as you're there and you can, you know, be a positive, you know, influence, that's, that's an important part of the process these days as well, man. You got to be encouraging, man. You can't, you can't be there trying to crush dreams. Like even if something is a no, it can eventually become a yes, um, you know, given the right amount of uh, dedication. Yeah. Everybody who submits is putting their, their heart out to, to you know, to, a, a little bit and, you know, why, why stamp on it like that? You know, you got to, lift people up even when they've not done their best you know lift people up that's a good model yeah no music music is very personal and i'll say one one more angle and i'm sure i've uh, talked enough but i'll say one more angle sort of in terms of just me being the community manager right i am good at some things i didn't say i was good at music and i'm not i am good at some things one of the things that was um really important for me so my day my day job is i'm the um i'm the digital um fundraising projects manager for habitat for humanity that's my day job here in atlanta Oh wow! and so i'm a non-profit like i'm non-profit through and through i was at jimmy carter's non-profit the carter center for 12 and a half years like i mean you know i love i love doing things that can help people and you know i'm not going to be sort of like out there in the field and like you know going abroad and doing all this you know cool stuff and you know building houses but i can help the people who build the houses you know what i mean like it's <laughs> that's sort of you know it's it's like indirect it was like one thing when so when i was interviewing for jobs and stuff like that and i eventually landed up at habitat one of the things i realized um and that's really important for people like when they're you know job hunting and you want to find something that's good I realized I, I said in a, for like a different job that I also got offered um, for like alumni, it would have been like an Emory for some alumni fundraising and stuff like that. I said, one of the things that, that, you know, it'll sound like I have no ambition. I get my energy from highlighting the good work that other people are doing. So that's why I make like a great community manager because I'm like, look at what this musician is doing. Like, holy shit. Like, it's not like, you know, Larry, 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 I don't, you know, I don't do anything. And that's maybe that maybe that's part of the charm of like, I don't make any music. It's like, I can't be like, oh, and check out my project. (laughs) You know, I'm like, look at what they're doing. This is great. Look at the soundtrack somebody made. Look at this arrangement somebody made. One of the other cool things that I've done, though, is that when I was doing my um, job hunting, because I hadn't looked for a job in like 11 years at the time. And I was like, oh, shit, I don't know what the fuck. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing at all. I had to start, you know, redo my resume all over again and figure out what to do. And I found all these resources. Well, you know, at the end of my job search, I was so hyped. It was so fun that I'm like, oh, shit, let me help everybody else. And so since then, 
I have helped within the um, within the video game music scene. Uh, I've helped seven people redo their resumes and get new jobs since I got my new job. Because it's like that's so like so so for me, right? The role of community manager isn't just hey, OC Remix, look at all this music we've got. It's so great. You should listen. There's that too, right? But like, I am a community manager. Like those people, all those contributors. Like they're my people, <laughs> and so um, you know, one, I'll, I'll tell one story about that, and then you like kick me out the door and like continue the show. <laughs> but the um, so there's one super talented musician. Uh, she goes by Tara C Music. Um, we recommend checking her stuff out. She's on OCR, and like about maybe like a year and a half ago, this was not too long after I got my uh, my new job, and so like all the skills were fresh and stuff, and so she had posted on her uh i think like on her twitter and i think on her facebook and she had been doing music videos for a couple years and stuff like that and she said i think i'm done being a content creator and there was such disappointment like evident from that because i'd known even though like you know i'm you know from afar and that kind of thing i know that she had put a lot of her heart and soul into making you know cool music videos stuff that was really creative and you know knowing her stuff very very well performed and it's good and not every talented person ends up finding an audience which is unfortunate but uh you know is the the fact of the matter and when i saw her message i saw a lot of people respond on her um twitter and facebook like oh you know keep your head up and you know, that sucks, but, you know, just got to stay the course and, you know, things will be good or like, hey, well, you know, no matter what happens, I've got your back and good luck and yada, yada. And I just remember thinking to myself, like, I get where those people are coming from. They're trying to help her out and like they're trying to send good vibes and keep her in a positive frame of mind. But I think she needs a little bit more than just the positive encouragement. So I reached out to her like, you know, and we had not, we had not talked before, but again, she was a, you know, she's an OC remixer. So to me, she's my community. And I said, listen, you know, take it or leave it. No worries. You know, wouldn't, wouldn't be offended if you said no, I saw what you said. Would you like me to take a look at your resume? And she's like, yeah, like totally. Absolutely. So she is amazing she is a really you know just an energetic you know she's an energetic young person i'm saying that we're <laughs> a middle-aged and all but you know like bruh she's you know she's enthusiastic and driven and so we worked together for maybe like four hours a day for three days and like took it from this resume is really basic and rudimentary to this is hopping this is showing everything it needs to show this is show, like, I'll, I'll say real quick is just like the one thing people need to understand about a resume is that a resume is not a list of responsibilities. A resume is a list of accomplishments. And if you can understand that, that you have to quantify as best as you can your impact at like your various jobs and stuff and show how you've left every place better than you found it. If you can show what your impact is at all these spots that you've been at, that's a killer resume. And so we took it from, okay, this is a week one page resume to this is a pop in two page resume. And this is great. And, and we also came up with a, a, a better one page version as well. And so 
um, she was, she figured, yo, I'm trying to get into video game music. I want to be like a composer. I want to be in audio and stuff, but I can't get in that way directly. So what I'm going to do is try to go the QA route. Now, for anybody that knows in the games industry, a lot of people, whether it's, you know, writers, developers, musicians, a lot of people start in QA, game testing, you know, bugs, you know, looking for all that. And that's sort of the way to like, you know, peek that door open and creep through and walk in and get started in the video game industry. And so she said, I think I'm going to try to do QA. I I would love to do that and get started and, you know, find my place in this industry. And, but I can't find anything. So we got the resume popping and, and I said, okay, look, I mentioned Zircon before, right? Again, he made Tangle Deep and he's got Flowstone Saga coming out um, in April. And so, um, you know, he's making his own games. I said, okay, Tara, I want you to go talk to Andy, go talk to Zircon. And, you know, that's my boy. Like I was best man at his wedding. Like we're tight. You can talk to him and keep it 100% real. So you don't need to be on like your best behavior of, oh, you know, like, you know, don't keep it business. Like whatever you're stressed about and concerned about, talk to him and keep it 100, keep it 100 with him. And just like, what are you looking for? And so a couple of days later, she messaged me on Discord and she goes, Larry, like all capital letters. I'm like, what? What's going on? Oh, shit. Like, what's going on? All right. You told me to talk to Andy. And I did. And it turns out he needs a part-time QA person for his new game that's coming out. So he gave me a job doing part-time QA. I'm like, oh, shit. So from that, right, she was able to do that for a while. And because now she had part-time QA that she could add on her resume, the companies that weren't calling her before saw the QA experience now on the resume. Then they started calling her back. So we got her from you know, making the Twitter post, making the Facebook. Um, I think I'm done being a YouTube creator. Got her from, you know, do the resume, talk to Andy, get the part-time to getting the interviews and getting her first full-time gig in games three months. Wow. Start to finish to get it. And soup to nuts, got her started on the journey and got her finished on it. And I coached her up. Here's how we do the cover letter. Here's how we do interviews. Like, all round one, round two, round three, like exactly what you need to do and everything like that and coached her up. And like, that's the role of the community manager. That's what that's I awesome. like to do. Damn. That's very, the kind very, of stuff. Nice. That's the remix. So, yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm stacking them up like the infinity gauntlet, baby. I've got yeah. my gems, like seven gems. Yeah. They're all, you know, and I'm growing it. I'm Just growing it. And I, I don't try like. and I don't charge anything for it. Right. Those are my people. Like, say I think you're a rare bird yeah. in that regard. Like you're a, important person in this sort of world rick rubin rick rubin right i'll take it i'll I'll definitely i don't know if rick rubin's helping people redo their resume though i mean that's some that's (laughs) That's like getting in the trenches to help people you know that's because he's too important he could just sprinkle the rubin dust on him and like their careers (laughs) and stuff like that but uh yeah i mean i I don't know i'm a full service community manager you you, you can look at it that way sounds like (laughs) definitely yeah yeah it's amazing while, while you're here i gotta get your quick thoughts on my top five we did uh, we did our x-tech episode of our favorite uh uh, remixes and so here's mine real quick i Mm -hmm. got uh from super mario brothers 3 battle rocks by am i number five that's my number five very nice i I love i love sounds good it sounds like yeah if the blues brothers did a Mario Brothers theme, it would sound like Battle Rocks. So, yep, yeah, I agree with that one. I, I got said number that. four. 
Number four, Little Nemo, The Dream Master, <laughs> Nightmare King's Dream by Shane. Oh, n- wow. No way. Little Nemo. Did you play it as a kid, Tom? Or oh, like... I did. Yeah. It was one of my wow. favorite NES games. Yeah. Yep. Very cool. Very cool. That's awesome. I just, I just love uh, Shane's remix, how it just kind of goes all over the place. And like if I, I said on the show, it kind of takes you on a journey. I feel like like tells a story. And uh, it was a, it's like a cathartic experience. I didn't expect that from the a little Nemo remix, but but I got it. So well it done, cool. well done. I got number three. All right, Ducktales, Duck Blur by Star Salzman. Star Salzman is a legend. He's amazing. Yeah, he's got a ton of great stuff. He's and um on his website, I don't know if it's still up, but starblast.org, He is a hell of a singer songwriter. Like I wish he would pop off. Or something like that because he's an amazing singer songwriter. His original stuff is really really cool too. So I'm really glad that he's on your list. I gotta go listen to that then because that that is like one of the ones that I've know, over the 20 years or so that I've been uh, going to OC Remix. That's just one of the ones that always sticks with me and like I think like that's such an emotional arrangement of a of a already emotional NES song. You know, I think I think it's one of the one of the oh. most respected nes songs yeah oh 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 um fun fun fact so um i think i can't remember i think with the the yeah did you ever see that when they did the the remade ducktales cartoon that mm-hmm. they used the moon theme yeah yeah we yes. talked we talked about yeah. that in our yep. uh, yeah oh okay yeah, yeah. no no it, it was yeah, great yeah, yeah. it was a, it was a it was really a good callback. it was a good, really good moment yeah amazing amazing yeah <laughs> i have it number two from link to the past triforce majeure by disco, by disco dan. dan yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's an amazing one too yeah oh my gosh yeah awesome. i remember when i when i uh, selected it and and it uh trained jeremy hadn't heard the song but they saw oh it's like seven and a half minutes you know it's a long song it's like oh i he chose a seven and a half minute song, but we all commented at the end that it just feels so breezy. It does not feel like seven and a half minutes. It feels like, Mm-mm. wow, when you're really enjoying something, when 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 a, you're watching a great movie, you're like, wow, that was three hours. It just felt like it just went by real quick. That's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what happened with this song. It was just like, it goes by so quick. And I get that impression every time that I listen to it. Ooh, I, I will throw out just as a, like a, a corollary real quick. Um, another long one. It, it probably will feel long, but um, so we used to have a file size limit on OCR back in the day. It was like your track could not be bigger than six megs. That was back in you know the olden days where bandwidth was expensive and stuff like that. Now we don't have any limit on that, but we do have an amazing um, link to the past medley by Carbo Hydro M, and it's called Unsealed. It is twenty minutes. Whoa! Be be definitely check that one out. That's that's. I'll check it out. Yeah. Yeah. Unsealed. It's it excellent. Excellent. Unsealed. Unsealed. Number my one. number my number one. Uh, you, you mentioned that folks don't like lyrical songs, mm-hmm. and I said the same as the sh- on, on on our show that like I think that you know it's, it's like every time I hear something, oh, it's gonna be a lyrical mix of a video game song. Like, oh, I don't know. Let's see. But when when it gets pulled off, when they do it right, it can be amazing. As it was in Punch Out, Little Max Confession. <laughs> my game over. <laughs> yep. Awesome. I love that one. That one just like gets me going. So uh, that's my number one. I mean, nice. we're always we're always open to stuff. Like we don't have a rule that you know when you add lyrics that they have to you know do with the game or anything like that. But I'll tell you, like the whole 
thing with little max confession and you know being able to tell that you know the, the little max story and stuff like that's so fucking cool and you know where you get where you get that sort of meta story right like how he's scared and stuff like that oh yeah like you know being able to build on kind of you know how the simple stories of the game and stuff like that i thought that was <laughs> that was really cool so uh yeah game over sick they've got a lot of good stuff like transylvanian temptation like there's a castlevania one that they have and you know like they, yeah they've got a lot of cool stuff they've got a lot of cool stuff yeah <laughs> excellent great stuff well, thanks. Thanks for providing it. I say I have a feeling we we could talk to you all day. Yeah, we could we could do like a four hour podcast, but I have to edit this, so we have to. We have to cut <laughs> no, off, no, uh, no, no worries. No worries. But I would always, I would always be glad to come back. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Ahead. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I was gonna say we could tell people where to check you out, but just go to OC Remix, right? They'll be able to find you through there. Are you are you on are you on other things uh, like uh, Twitter or whatever? Yeah, go to ocremix.org and then on all the socials, it's like slash ocremix. So, you know, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, SoundCloud, TikTok, like slash ocremix. Come see us there. We're on Discord as well. Like, if you want to be a part of the community, again, right? You don't need to be a musician. We've got plenty of fans there. Again, I'm not a musician, I'm one, I'm one of the fans. Uh-huh. So, you know, if you just want to talk video game music that you like, if you want to nag, you know, various OC remixers like, yo, go make this remix. Like you could do that too. You could try that. <laughs> we would like that too. So oh, yeah. Um, yeah, all the, all the websites slash OC remix. Come see us. Definitely. Does OC remix have a, a presence on Spotify or music streaming anywhere? Oh, perfect. I'm glad you asked the question. Hell no, because we are averse to making <laughs> money. As I said, yes. no, so you, you know what? No, great. So no, uh, great point. No, no, we, we, we would love to be like in a perfect world. We would be, we would love to be. Um, Cause that's in, in this day and age, right? That's where all the people are. Mm-hmm. However, all of our fan arrangements are unlicensed, unauthorized, all that good stuff. And so, yeah. you know, you would need to pay a whole bunch of licensing oh, money yeah, and everything yeah. like that. And so we look at ourselves as more like, you remember in the old, like, you know, old video game magazines, people would send in their fan art. We're kind of like that. Or like, you know, you, you'd, you'd see some old comic books and people would send in their fan drawings and stuff like that. We're kind of like that. So we're like in that gray area of yeah. like, mm-hmm. you know, we're there. And, you know, thankfully, none of the companies or, you know, composers have ever said anything bad about us. Like, they love us. You know what I mean? And so we, we, we just exist in this gray space. So as much as I wish we were on, you know, Spotify and Pandora and, you know, Amazon and Apple Music and all that, nah. Although what we do need to do is that there are plenty of arrangers who will license their stuff and put it on those services and they'll submit their stuff to OC Remix. So we should curate a list of stuff that's available on all those sites. So thank you for the idea because I need to do that. So nice. I will do no that. Problem. And there's the future of <laughs> thank OC you. Remix right have there. You thought about, have you done a podcast yet? Is there an OC Remix podcast? Because there should be. <laughs> um, there should be. And, you know, as I, as I mentioned, I had my show VG Frequency that I did mm-hmm. when I was a collegiate, a youngster. Um, you know, now that I'm in my 40s, I, I don't have the time. I wish I did, um, but I should do it anyway. So, you know, I don't have the time to do, say, a four-hour show. And you could tell by how I talk that I could do a six-hour show. But um, I could I should knock out like a one-hour show. I could probably maybe – I don't know. There is none right now. There used to be VG DJ and – um, and there was the overclocked podcast. So we have mm-hmm. had fans do it. And, you know, anybody, y'all could do it. Anybody could do it. Um, I should do it, but there are only so many hours in the day. And right. I'm, I'm busy actually posting the music to, <laughs> to, For sure, to OCR. Yeah. So um, maybe one day, but thank you because we should do that too. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of things we should be doing that we're not doing. So I appreciate that question too, because we should do it. So I am the person to <laughs> ask. 
And, and yes. if, if, if you ever sure. want to promote anything, uh, you know, feel free to contact us like in future, you know, we'd love to have Thank you yeah. back for yeah, different we'd things. Love to have you back. You're, you're the best yeah, guest. So we, we don't have to ask you anything. You just, yeah, I've already uh, thought just, of a bunch just more just questions. Go. You've so. already gone through all of our questions I'm ready for without even episode. asking. So, awesome. You know. <laughs> awesome. And then on the wrestling side too, or on the comic book side, we will talk. Let's talk too. any of that. I'm not an expert. I'm not in the, in, I'm not in the industries, but I will always geek out with you guys. So anytime, like keep the door open. If you ever want to, if you ever want to stop by and play AEW fight forever, or just talk to us, we have some people that just come and talk to us on our wrestling uh, stream or whatever. I'll hit you up for that. Oh, nice. So, Oh, cool. Cool. All right. Cool. Consider me invited. I appreciate that. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. All right, cool. Thank you so much, Larry. Um, Nice talking to you. And uh, yeah, everybody check out OC Remix if you haven't. Uh, We've talked about it a lot on this, on this show, but yeah, definitely. And if you got something cool, send it. And see if Larry likes it or not, you know. Well, and, yeah, and all the other judges, but yeah. Pass our thanks on to your community for all the great music they've provided over the years. But yeah, thank you, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, mm-hmm. well, let's. Uh, why don't we take a break and then we'll come back and we'll talk about uh, some news and stuff like that. Hey, you. It's me, Mario. Yeah, you. <laughs> Subscribe to our Patreon to hear our bonus shows, which happen every month. I'm a tired. Tired of all the big corporate podcasts spoon-feeding you the same old video game news on every single show. Ah, spaghetti. Ah, ravioli. Then expand! Nintendo main expansion pack. It's us talking about old games that were important to us. It's us interviewing people that we meet at conventions. And heck, it's live shows from those same conventions. It's basically everything you could want that Nintendo main ever made. Here we go! And it's just a buck a month. That's less than a bad indie on the eShop. It's $12 a year, which is less than Nintendo Switch Online. <laughs> Thank you so much for subscribing to our Patreon and supporting Nintendo main. Just go to patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast and hey, Mario, let go. Whoa. 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 He's throwing us back to the show. So long, gay Bowser. Ah! Ah, patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast. Game over.
Alright, we're back from the break. Let's talk about the games that we got and games that we've been playing. I guess I can just... I start. I, I'll start. I don't have a whole lot to... Well, I guess... No, there's some stuff I want to talk about. Uh, the the uh, the Goemon game, I'm not going to say the entire uh, name of it, which I did last week. I, I beat I beat the demo. I got all the way through the demo of that Japanese game that's made by the same developers that did the original uh, Goemon and all that. And it's cool. I would love to see it released in English. You know, please do it. That's all I have to say about that. Uh, Ubisoft is still incredibly unhelpful. Uh, I, I, I don't know if I ever thought they would be, but I... Uh, nope. You know, I like I. You know, I sent in my whatever my complaint to fucking uh, Ubisoft about Prince of Persia and all that. And uh, all I get, this is all that I get from them, is just an email like every day or whatever that's like, uh, "Well, you know, we're too busy right now. We can't help you." Uh, but has your issue actually been resolved? Uh, yes or no? That's basically all I get. <laughs> like, there's no like actual answer saying like what I should do or shouldn't do or whatever on this. So I'll always like reopen the case again and be like, all right, you're not helpful. Like I need to talk to an actual person. Uh, none of these have had an actual name on them, like the name of a human. You know, it's all probably some AI shit or whatever. It's always like, this is Ubisoft Snowy, whatever. You know, like I'm like, you're not a person. Like, uh, give me a real person. So it's just been stupid. I'm like, you know, I'm tired of responding to them. It just makes me just want to start the game over again and just play through that because it'll be less annoying than dealing with tweeting at than, them too, or? than dealing with Ubisoft. I tweeted at them. When we did our podcast where we talked about the the uh, the error and all that in the game, like specifically for that podcast episode, but that was the only time. But I don't, you know, I don't need to waste my time tweeting at Ubisoft, like really, like. Uh, and I and you know, and I did, I tweeted, I tweeted at like, um, well, not tweet, I, I, you know, I commented on a Laser Time, which you know, like I said before, which became Apocalypse. Michael Raparis works for Ubisoft, blah blah blah. I thought that I'd be able to get through to him, and they told me to bug the the uh, support which i did but i have not i've yet to get like an actual response on anything it's all just like total bullshit that's just like we're too busy we're too busy is your issue resolved and i'm like no it's not resolved it's fucking broken like i wonder if they're on get human have you ever heard of of a site called get human no i'm gonna look it up right now but i use it for for customer service help anytime you need to reach a person not a robot check out get human and they'll tell you the quickest way to get to a person they'll tell you yeah. the exact chart to go through the the uh, you know phone you know, press one for english press two for blah 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 this department they'll give you the exact key to go straight to a person yeah i, have, I haven't tried i haven't, I haven't tried calling them i only like emailed them through the website but i figured that they would have emailed me back but yeah everyone is just like we're too busy. Is everything okay? And it's like, no, it's still not. No, no, nothing has been. And you've given me no advice. And I want to just, I also just want to get it out there just to be like, Hey, this is, this is fucked. You know, like put a patch out for it or something, but you know, whatever. I don't know. There's plenty yeah, of other games to I'm play, like, but I would like to play that game because it was really fun until it broke on me. So that always sucks here. when you have something you really liked and then it just kind of just shits on you. Get humans uh, says they're, Phone number is 919-460-9778. And they have a whole list of details about how to get through to an actual person. Drop it on the Slack and I'll try calling them on Friday or something. We'll do. When I have time. Uh, Yeah. Sadly, I think like if nothing else, you're just going to, they're going to say they're making a a bug report or something like. I want to, I just want to get the, I just want to get it out there. I just want to get the word out there. You know, I'm sure they can't save my save or whatever the fuck, but. I want them to at least know about it because I haven't seen anybody report a bug that that like you know egregious or whatever. So I mean, you know, it's uh, yeah, it's like hey, this shit happened, and uh, and for what I can tell, it didn't happen to anybody else. But fix it, you know, that sort of thing. 
Um, yeah, what else have I been playing? I've been playing Wavetail. I talked about that. I got it on sale for half off. It's really cool. You surf around on the water. Uh, you're basically collecting like these little sprites where you can uh, repower these, um, what do you call them? Uh, the big giant things that light up the sea. Lighthouses? Lighthouses, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, you're like repowering lighthouses that, that that help create more areas for you to, to surf around on the water. It, it kind of feels like a mixture between like Sonic and uh, Wind Waker. And it's a really great game to just like kick back and play and not really have to care that much about you know i I played it i was i was in uh i was in wisconsin over the weekend i kind of played that at the hotel and it was a nice like chill relax game sort of thing to make up for my terrible decision in golf last week when i got the hentai golf game uh i got (laughs) i got this golf game called golf golf in it like infinite but golf in it Uh, i'd actually heard about it for a while and it released it ended up releasing for a dollar 99 so i didn't pay a cent for it i used my uh, gold points and it's it's just another it's another golf game, but it feels very much like Mario Golf. Uh, I guess what's interesting in it, it about it is uh, you basically have to do like these golf challenges before you can actually get to like the the specific game. Like if you want to do a tournament, you have to earn enough stars to enter to enter the tournament before you can actually do like a full eighteen holes of golf. You have to do all of these like chipping challenges and putting challenges and driving challenges and all that that are supposed to like you know, teach you how to golf before you can actually go and do the real golf. And what I did find interesting about it is actually produced by the same people who produced the hentai golf game. So, uh, red deer, apparently they have a million games on switch. Look up red deer sometime. They have so many fucking games, but yeah, I I looked at it and I was like, what else they do? And I was like, Oh, well there's the fucking hentai game that I got last week. There it is right there. So, I mean, that game is trash and this game is actually good. (laughs) I would not. I think it's funny. It's called golf in it, like applying infinite, when golf is a game about low scores sure so if it's it so if it's the idea of the uh i think you golf forever that sort of thing yeah i say if it's the idea like the hentai golf this one just has infinite holes yeah well the hentai oh, no. golf is just like you know <laughs> it's just like how many times can you it, the hentai golf doesn't even really have to do with being good at golf it's, they just want you to just finish the hole and then you get a get to see a high res picture which you can tell they put the most effort in that and not the actual game so uh yeah it's it's terrible don't, they probably don't put any that. effort they probably bought the pictures on off the internet from somebody i was gonna say the, the pictures were, were looked pretty high res i mean it's like this is where they put the effort in nothing else <laughs> there it is right there yeah it's stupid uh I, I woke up today. Well, I already knew about it. I think we mentioned it last week that AEW Fight Forever season three had been announced. Uh, but we got the full, we got everything. We got the full breakdown today, which is pretty awesome. I woke up at like 9 a.m. and I had actually had texts from Joe and Shake already about it. But uh, I found, I saw online on Twitter that they they fully dropped the first part of season three for AEW Fight Forever, and they've actually learned they've learned some things. AEW Games has learned have learned things, which is great. Uh, you know, last last uh, season two was was $25. A lot of people were really pissed about that because you only got three wrestlers out of it. Uh, one of it was one of them was just like a single player mode, which I enjoyed playing the beat the elite. And it's only like six bucks, whatever. Anyway. All right. Yeah. So AEW games, they learned from season two and uh, season three is now $14.99. It's $10 less than what it was. So that's good. Um, it has it, it has three wrestlers in there. There were actually a couple that we didn't even know about because there were rumors. There were, there were a ton of rumors about Swerve Strickland. Swerve is a, uh, you know, they're really pushing him. Like I said earlier, he's got a he's got a, um, you know, he has like the pay per view match against Samoa Joe and uh, Hangman Adam Page coming up in March. So I mean, that's they've been pushing him for a while. He's great. I like Swerve a lot. I'm glad he's in the game. We knew that was coming, but uh, they also announced that uh, Claudio Castagnole 
is coming out also, which I didn't know about that, but that's going to be a fun one because Claudio has a game, has a move where he uh, spins spins wrestlers around in a circle. That's going to be really fun to do in the game, and uh, these like uppercuts that he does. It's going to be fun to play as him. Uh, he's coming uh, March sixth, I believe, is the Claudio DLC, and also Jamie Hader, who's uh, who was a big was a big WWE wrestler. She was really popular for a while in AEW. I think she got hurt because we haven't seen her in a while, but uh, she's coming to to the DLC as well in uh, April on April 10th. And an uh, interesting thing. Um, they also added five new uh, creator wrestlers into the game. And I was like for free, like, cause there, there's a free update on, uh, on the season three as well. That's like, thanks for being a fan or something like that. Uh, you can get it from the eShop for free. And uh, I guess it's like, it's supposed to be like extra music and new, like a uh, clothing attire for a creator wrestler. But you also get five creator wrestlers that were made by AEW wrestlers specifically, which I thought was kind of cool because I didn't really know. I was just like, who are these five random people that are in here? But while I was playing the game, there's a picture that shows up. That's like, Oh yeah, here are the people that made these characters. So it's like, uh, so like Adam Cole made one, uh, Kenny Omega made one, Nyla Rose made one, um, Britt Baker made one and, uh, orange Cassidy. So it's like, it's like, here's the characters that they made. Uh, here's, here's some like some free, uh, creator wrestlers that you can fuck around with and you can use them in all the modes, but you can't, modify them which i thought was weird like that's the only thing you can't change their their whatever there because there's different skins that you can get through the beat the elite mode you can't use those so i thought that was strange but yeah it's a so you get so you get swerve strickland and then you get the creator wrestlers for free so if either of you uh, got back on AEW, you'd get all those five wrestlers that all those AEW wrestlers had made and all that stuff and there's also a new uh there's a new level that was added as well it's the the DLC is called Swerve to the Beach or something like that, and I think if you just get Swerve and the beach level, it's only like five bucks. And uh, yeah, it's basically let's put a wrestling ring on the beach, and you could play it in different uh, times. So there's a daytime one and there's a nighttime one. When I saw that, I was like, I was like, what is this pilot wings? This like reminds me of the of the Birdman levels where you could set like the the time of day and when you when you could fly through it and all that. But I played it. I played the night. I played the evening version. And it's got like the wind, or not the wind. It's got the water like rippling in the background, like before the behind the ring. And I was like, uh, I tweeted about. It. I was like, I'm pretty sure this is gonna mess up the online. It's gotta. But it's it seems like I don't know. There's a huge update with it. It took a while to download, so hopefully they fix some of the stuff. When we streamed this week, we actually had a really good stream where we didn't like reset. Like we didn't, we I think we maybe reset one time. So it's the best we've done online. So hopefully that keeps up and all that. But. People are more positive about AEW Five Forever again and all that, and that's always good to hear when it's like, "Hey, uh, here it is." And I tried to—I uh, I calculated how much money total I've put into AEW. So I bought—I bought the original base game for seventy dollars because it was on sale. That was the uh, Elite Edition that came with six extra wrestlers, and then I paid for the Season Two, which was twenty-five dollars. So that's ninety-five dollars, and then plus the fifteen dollars today, that's one hundred and ten total, and that doesn't count like the money that I spent to buy Jeremy a copy of it to support the, uh, the love for AEW and all that. Or all the money you've spent on uh, merch and actual events that you've gone to. Well, that's stuff. a separate, that's wrestling. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just the video game. Yeah, no, I've spent, I've plant I've spent plenty on uh, t-shirts and hoodies and wrestling tickets or whatever that, but that's, that's a separate thing. So I think Again, it's, you're approaching John Hitman three levels. Yeah. I was going to say, I think I'm less, I think I'm still below uh, the John uh, Hitman level or whatever, that sort of thing. $300. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I, I mean, I'd be, you know, as much as, uh, as much as I love supporting uh, AW fight forever and, and playing AW fight forever. Uh, when I make it to $300, I hope that there's uh 
I hope that I'm satisfied with with what I've uh, purchased as far as DLC goes because as far as they're concerned, you know, this is the game. You know, Tony Khan himself said it. This is the we're keeping this game going for as long as we can, as long as people keep buying the DLC. But it, but it's nice that they did actually make the DLC less because people were pretty pissed about the price of the DLC of last season. So now they just need to put like season one and two together and sell it for like ten bucks or something for all the people who don't have those you know like who don't have like the extra characters and all that they should just kind of combine it because basically what they've been doing is they're like here you can buy the game with everything on it with all the dlc new but what about the people who bought it just as a base game but didn't get the dlc they need to you know you need to sell the old dlc for cheap is what they should do but no it's uh yeah i had had a great time playing with uh playing with uh swerve uh i did some did some fun moves and you know He's got a lot of really, really cool moves. If you want to see the breakdown of moves, go check out our check out our friend Wagglefest. Uh, Shake already put up a video breaking down all the new moves that Swerve has and all that, which is really cool. So you can see that. I'm glad Shake's putting up videos again. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, there was, uh, well, I mean, it actually all of it kind of uh, came from, because he just did one before that. It was all basically kind of based around the new announcement about uh, Season 3. So, you know, the more that the AEW shit uh, happens, it uh, gives us more Wagglefest videos and all that. But because this one was so cheap, because uh, I thought it was going to be like $30, you know, so I was kind of saving money for it. But since it was only 15 I went and I bought I bought the, the Tomb Raider 1 through 3 uh, collection. So I have that. And I have opinions about it, so I watched. I watched a whole bunch of mixed reviews. I watched. I watched a bunch of reviews about it because, uh, yeah, because there's different. There's all sorts of caveats about this game that I that I want to get into. So I was never really a fan of the original uh, Tomb Raider games on PlayStation because I thought that they controlled awful, and they still do. But I think that since since I'm a little bit older, I can I can uh, I can still I can do it a little bit better. But uh. I'm a sucker for any sort of good remastered game, and I think that they did that they put a lot of effort into the remastered version of it. And I love that you can switch between the two at any moment. Like all you do is you press pause or you press start, and it goes from the old graphics to the new graphics like that, like in a second, which is really really oh. cool. Um, it does, you can do it on the fly, which which is awesome. Actually, what I found myself doing is a uh, kind of in the modern graphics, some things might look a little too dark where you can't really tell what you can see or what you can't see. If you're not sure where you're going to go, uh, hit start and go to the classic mode. In the classic mode, everything is bright, so you can tell where everything is, and if you're kind of stuck, just go back to the old game, and you'll figure out where to go. That's kind of what I've been doing. It's almost like a, like a, a scope you're putting on. Kind of, yeah. That's kind of what I do when I'm like, I'm not sure what's back there. Let's switch it to the other one. Oh, we can see what's down that, uh, that, down that hallway now. That sort of thing. But uh, this this is my big gripe with the game, and I'm sure you've heard this on other things. Uh, I don't think that the modern control is worth playing at all. Like it doesn't make any sense because these games, the, these like these games were made specifically based around the way the levels are designed. So like since it's like a grid based world, the modern the modern thing is basically like takes away the tank controls. I think you need the tank controls for the game to work. So like if you switch that to where like you run whichever way you press the the analog stick, you're just constantly running off of, of running off of ledges and running into walls, and it just doesn't work. So I play it I play it on the updated graphics with the old scheme, and I play it with the control pad instead of the analog stick because it feels right that way. So I do I, I'm doing the fucking tank controls all day on the game, and it feels and well, it feels good from shots, what it is. So that makes sense. Yeah. So I mean, it, and I and I, I normally would never use uh 
the digital pad for a 3D game, I'm like normally completely against that. But because this game is specifically designed for that originally, I feel like that's the only way to do it and actually make it work. And doing it that way, I have been ha- I've only played it for like an hour today because it just came out, but uh, I was having fun with it. And it's it's almost like I've seen people compare it to Dark Souls even to say that that like Tomb Raider was the Dark Souls before Dark Souls because it's very much like there's like no story. It's very much all environmental, uh, you know, in, environmental tori- storytelling. Uh, there's there's lore that you find in the world that they don't really explain, like that sort of thing. And it can be really challenging, but it's a lot of it is like overcoming the the controls and that and that is like the benefit of you know like you made this long jump that's really hard to do like there's this one part where i'm just hitting a switch and a door opens but it's only open for so long but i have to figure out to get from the switch to the door before it closes and that's this challenge in its own way you know and it's and it's been pretty fun for that it's it also feels incredibly isolating it almost has like metroid prime one vibes to it because like i said it just it's very metroid it just drops you right into it and tells you nothing and it's just like play. It, there's not even a tutorial. They didn't even tell you how to play at all. Like the, if you want to know how to play, you got to go to Laura's house, and then she'll kind of give you a little bit of ideas about how to jump and stuff. But in the actual regular game, they just drop you in it, and they're just like, "Go figure it out," and that's and that's it. <laughs> so it's kind of like, so it takes a little bit to get used to it. But I really like the way the game looks, and I like how you can switch back and forth and all that. We'll see how long I stick with it. But it is like those original. Uh, Tomb Raider games is like really like a blank spot for me that I never really. I tried playing them when high school when I when I switched my sixty when I traded my sixty four with a a friend for their PlayStation and all that and I tried Tomb Raider but I was like I don't you know I don't like this game I don't like the way it controls you know but now I think now that I'm a more mature gamer maybe I can figure it out better but but it was on sale too it was like four bucks less you know not that much but I wanted to get the sale before it went away and. When I saw that the AW Fight Forever was cheaper than I thought, I was like, you know, why not? And I've been, you know, I've been working fairly often lately, so I was like, yeah, because I wanted, I wanted, to, I was really excited about it. And I, like I said, I watched a whole bunch of reviews. Everybody was kind of up and down on it. I was like, I was like, no, I'm not going to get it. But actually, the one that really sold me on it was, um, uh, what you call it, uh, the uh, the guys who like break down the uh, the games and how they run and all that. Digital Foundry, the Digital Foundry video that they did uh, of Tomb Raider was really what swayed me, and it was kind of cool because I guess the the um, I guess the engine of Tomb Raider was leaked out, and Tomb Raider's kind of become like Doom almost, where they've made Tomb Raider on like everything. Like I didn't know that somebody made like a Tomb Raider one for like Mega Drive or like Sega Saturn, or I guess there was one for Sega Saturn, but like uh, for 32x and like stuff like this, and it's where it's kind of like let's see how many things we can put it on where it wouldn't normally run which is really interesting from that video wasn't there a Tomb Raider game on the Game Boy Color that was sort of probably 3D-ish you might be thinking of the Resident Evil I thought they did a Tomb Raider one too I'm I'm guessing there probably was one I don't know how 3D it was but I bet you there was probably a Tomb Raider on Game Boy in some fashion maybe it was 2D but no yeah it's a if you you know if you if you switch between the old style and the new style there is a lot of really impressive stuff that they've done like they were, like I was in a room where there's like skulls like in the wall and the skulls are like all polygonal and they're all coming out of the wall you switch it back to the old graphics and this is just a, this is just like a you know it, it's just flat it's just a flat texture that you just put the on texture. the wall and they actually made these skulls be like re- real skulls and pop out of the wall and all that so they do some really cool stuff like that yeah they basically took like a take a lot of flat sprites and make them into fully 3D uh, items and that sort of thing. So so that was kind of the big one for me also. And uh, just for the fun of it, well, 
not for the fun of it. I was on a podcast last night about Final Fantasy VI. I got to be on a podcast called uh, Gamer Looks at Forty. Uh, he's uh, friends with uh, with Mike from uh, Games My Mom Found, mm-hmm. and uh, we were talking about Final Fantasy and Final Fantasy VI, of course. So I was playing. I've been playing a lot of Final Fantasy VI to like prep myself for the podcast and all that. So I kind of I got back into it. I'd only put like maybe like two hours into it into the Pixel Remaster, and I put like four more hours into it or something like that, and. Yeah, Final Fantasy VI is still a great game. In case anybody forgot, so do you have the? Do you have stuff turned like? Are you using the quality of life upgrades, like increased XP and faster speed and all that? Uh, no, I'm well. I'm not. I'm not using the increased EXP. I'm playing it regular, but I know in this one there's like some stuff that's added there. Regardless, like you can press B to run whenever you want. You don't necessarily need the sprint shoes, or you can equip the sprint shoes and then press B, and you can run even faster. I'm using like stuff like that, but uh, it's kind of interesting because you know that they've changed things. Like I got to where you meet a uh, cyan, and like now his uh, his sword text like you don't wait for it to you don't wait for the line like mm-hmm. you you can automatically pick them, which I think is kind of weird if you're used to what it normally is. And like all and of they all uh, have different names, yeah. And like all of all of Sabin's uh, moves are all different now. Like this, I talked about this last night. Uh, the suplex is called like the meteor strike now instead of the suplex and. And like yeah, the, the aura bolt is a different thing. Like everything is completely named differently. Or like Bannon's uh, health move is now like prey or whatever. So you have to kind of like yeah. you know re, re you know put it all together in your mind and all that. But but it, yeah, it looks great. I got to. Uh, I'm at a because I've been sort of playing that every couple of weeks. I'll play it for a bit, and I'm up to the opera part. Oh oh well yeah, you're scene. way you're way as far than I am. So you're in, you're in the ruined world, right? Isn't that a is an opera part? No no no. That? It's before. It's where you're about to get the airship. For the first time. Oh, okay. In the the normal world, I I'm at the part where everybody's joined up. Like I did all the where you. So I'm not that yeah. far. Like everybody splits apart, and then you play mm-hmm. all the different stories, and then they all come back together. Like that's right where I am. Right, right, right. Not much further than that. Right when you're about to do the Narsh thing, where you we split everybody up, yeah. and you you know that sort of thing. So that that's where I'm at. But it's yeah, it's still a it's still a great game to play. You can just throw it on and just uh, jump right into that shit. Yeah, every, t- every time I get kind of bored with stuff on the Switch, I'll, I'll remember that's on there, and I'll, I'll play that for like an hour or something and just be like, you know, with these quality of life improvements, this game's a lot more fun. Just because it's not about the game not being fun originally, it's just thinking about going back to that old way of playing an RPG just doesn't sound enticing but yeah but six still like six six still like shines so much though it's really uh oh it does it's just all those random encounters yeah and stuff like it's not as fun especially in the dungeons where you have to like split up and stuff oh sure i I didn't feel you know what the the random encounters didn't feel that like cumbersome like even playing it uh this week like Mm -hmm. i still feel like it i don't know it doesn't feel archaic at all i still think it kind of feels i mean because well i guess i had played uh Octopath Traveler 2, and that has random encounters in it, too, you know, so it's kind of like I'm sort of used to it. But you can completely turn them off if you need to, you know, if you need to just in, in the... By the way, if we ever do an Octopath 2 podcast, I actually have a, a friend who's at the who is at the the mega boss who's gotten to that point. Yeah, I'm not uh, I'm not that far. I was like maybe like 15 hours. But yeah, that was kind of... That was, that was last year's news. But uh, yeah, that's... Um, I have another thing I can talk about, but I'll talk about it when you talk about another thing about yours, but Either of you, do you want to go? Which one? I know John. I don't know. Whoever wants to go next, I've said enough. John, you go ahead. Sure. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot. Um, so I've been just maybe back in Hitman again this week. Um, Hitman World of Assassination, that is. Uh, what, how I, what I've been doing is, is I actually discovered 
that uh, I don't know how I missed this all this time, but there is a way, speaking of polygons, to earn a Hitman 1 PlayStation polygon skin. And I didn't know all this time, I 600 hours playing this game, and I never, I, I just didn't know it. I missed it somehow. And there's, a, there's like many campaigns in the game where it's not part of the main storyline or whatever, but if you want to like complete these series of challenges, uh, then you get a reward for doing so. And uh, yeah, guess that one, one of them was called uh, Codename 47, and that was the reward. But it was a, kind of a, lo- a longer mini mission. Like there was five, it's a series of five things that you have to do uh, throughout different levels. Like one of them was, uh, I'm trying to remember them now. One of them was like kill five of these enemies in this level, all with explosions. And uh, it's very specific like that. Like you have to do these these hits or these uh, particular tasks in, in, in an exact way. And when you get it, then you get a little check mark, and now you've done item, you know, three out of five or whatever to get to the reward. And what inevitably happened, now you could like, I, I suppose you could just burn through these if you wanted to go real fast and just to check them off. And, uh, and I guess you could probably get it done in two hours if you were speeding through it, whatever. But just inevitably with this game, I get drawn in and I can't just like go do the thing. I have to complete the whole mission. That's just my compulsiveness. So like I have to complete it then and uh, uh, as as best way as I can in addition to doing the the task at hand. So I ended up playing probably another, I'd say probably eight hours or so, trying to do uh, this series of missions. The last one was really cool. The last one, they have you go through the final level and the task that you have to do is you have to kill every person in the level. That's Mm -hmm. something you can do. Like in any level, you can go through and just try and like kill as many people as possible 180 people whatever but the special thing about that task is that uh well the final mission and it's, it's the final mission of the game you're replaying the final mission of the game and the final mission you have after three games finally tracked down the top brass of of this agency who created you and who are who you are now rebelling against and exposing all that and so you have to go take out every you you know basically you know that every person in this level is part of this evil organization and so it's like yeah you want to take you can take them all out and 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 it's not like you're taking out innocence you're taking out like these are all bad people and you don't get the other difference with that level is that you don't get you don't get nicked for for taking out innocent people you actually get bonuses um so it's just like have at it it's a cathartic you know revenge experience or whatever and uh, it, I, I think that 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 bringing it all back to the classic hitman playstation one style like it, it was just it, it felt satisfying to to get to the end and earn the classic hitman skin through that means it, it was just fun it was a fun fun level and uh it was a fun challenge all told so it was cool worth it I looked at your. Uh, you posted the video on the Slack of uh, of the of the like PlayStation Hitman, and I was hoping he would look blockier. I thought I was hoping he would look like a like the Laura Croft, uh, you know, pointiness or whatever. But I'm sure when 
I, I, don't, I mean, was there a Hitman game on PS1? Was was that when it originated? The very yeah, first that was one? the original one. Yeah, I guess he doesn't have a. He, he's bald. He's maybe he's a little bit rounded, more rounded or something. But it didn't seem as like PlayStation uh, pixely. I guess. Yeah, it could have been more like. It's more about the skin. Yeah. Yeah. It needed the. I mean, I, I, it, it looks it looks fine. I think I think you're right. It looks like high. Uh, it, it looks like a modern retelling or re version of the. Of the old look, mm-hmm. but I think what's missing is the the shifting PlayStation textures. Yeah, yeah. like you know when the ca- the camera angles would change on a PlayStation, and then like the, the textures would change and be like become unhooked a little bit. They would change not even with the uh, camera angles, yeah. and you kind of deal with that a little bit sometimes in uh, in Tomb Raider, where like when I because I did the lore when you go to like Laura's house or whatever. And yeah, sometimes the camera just changes and then your way you're running changes and you're like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I can't tell where I'm at or whatever. But yeah, the original uh, PlayStation one, I remember that the, that they just, the textures on the walls, they just couldn't hold it or whatever. So it always kind it was always kind of like throbbing or whatever. Like it would Dude. never like stay exactly the same, whether the camera changed or not, just like because it was so hard for them to run 3D things at that time. I remember IGN did like a top five signs that you've played playstation too much and that was one of them if you stand next to a wall everything moves <laughs> you know like it, you can't actually see it right that was their joke you know they, they did this whole thing about like uh they did like top five like reasons that you played 64 too long one of them was you like to have your food delayed five or six times before you actually get it like that sort of thing as it was a joke about you know the zelda games and whatnot but i remember that one about the the wall is shifting when you stand next to them. Cause I was like, yeah, that's, that's how it was. <laughs> and and uh, definitely in those old uh, Tomb Raider games, which it doesn't do that, but that, but the, the frame rate does change, which is kind of a little like, cause it has like, it's like, it has like a really smooth 60 frames per second in the modern graphics. But when you switch it to the old one, it switches back to 30 because that's what that was on. And it feels a little jarring to like go between those, I guess it doesn't bother me as much, but I've seen some people complain about that online, that sort of thing. But it does make me want to play Metal Gear Solid one the PlayStation 1 version, because I never have. And uh, they just need to... The Metal Gear Solid collection was on sale, but it wasn't on sale enough. You know, it needs to go down farther, and I'll get it eventually. It was only like... It's like 47 or something like that. I needed need to be lower than that. But yeah, it's it's kind of funny that you got, you got like, the new... Whatever, the, the re... You know, the re-release... The new release of the old Hitman, and that just brought you back to the yeah. new Hitman. That's all whatever. I did, is just... I- like I'm sure it's a good game and everything, but uh, and the the pull of the modern series was just so strong. It's like, uh, yeah, I still have so much left to do. Even though I'm, I, I did that. I guess that's the other news. Across 600 hours in Hitman this week. Now my number two played, uh, most played uh, Switch game. Is it and below below Mario. like Animal Crossing? Or no, no, uh, duh, Mario Maker two. Mario Maker, in the Mario Maker two yeah. sitting pretty at near 1100 hours. Yeah, yeah, Mar- <laughs> I forgot about Mario Maker two. Because yeah, my highest, my most played game is uh, Animal Crossing with five hundred hours, which Jess actually has over a thousand in Animal Crossing. So yeah, and my number two is still Xenoblade Chronicles three, and I'm trying to keep it like that. Yeah. Well, this week I mostly played a uh, PlayStation stuff because there's just, I don't know there hasn't been as much going on, especially first party with Nintendo. Like just we've just been kind of hanging around waiting for some sort of announcement, but. You know, they've kind of... We got two first-party stuffs coming out in, in this week and next week, which we'll yeah, yeah, talk yeah. about later, but yeah. But in the meantime, I mentioned it last week, I had downloaded the uh, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth demo, which is like uh, coming out, I think, next month. This month. Uh, 
Oh yeah, it's the 29th. It's 29th. Year. It's on the 29th. Leap year. Yeah, yeah, so it'll never have an anniversary. Well, it won't have one for, you know, next 4 years. 4 years. But uh I really liked it and I found myself like wanting to play it all the way through, which I did, and I was disappointed when it was done because I was having fun with it. And uh it kind of takes place right after you leave Midgar. Yeah, it takes place after well, kind remake. Of... <laughs> it it's, it takes place after well, the right, remake right, right. game. Yeah, if you played that one, it's after. But the first the first half of it is like a an interactive cutscene almost because it's all about well basically the whole thing's an interactive cutscene actually because it's uh it's bringing you up to speed with why Sephiroth's a bad boy and uh and so he's like you actually get to control him and like fight with him and stuff which is interesting because he's less OP than you would expect but he is still pretty OP um, so I actually he actually got knocked out a couple times as I was learning how to play so I was playing on like the whatever the the average difficulty is so you know I wanted to bit of a challenge but i wasn't trying to like make it too hard but i also didn't want to just do whatever the low challenge was because i wanted to actually kind of experience like the game is to see if i liked it or not and i liked it um it kind of plays in pseudo real time it's kind of like it's kind of like like, a little bit or at least what remake was remake kind of reminded me of ease but it has a little bit of somewhat where you can tell one person to do a magic thing in the background you got like an active time gauge or, you know, the battle gauge that we're kind of used to in all the Final Fantasy games since six. And uh, that determines when you can actually do stuff. But in the meantime, you can move around and reposition yourself and also kind of avoid some attacks. You can't avoid all attacks like some stuff's just going to hit you unless you know how to buff yourself right, which which I don't know how to do yet. But um, when you cast a spell, it kind of like goes into bullet time as you're like selecting the spell. So. It's still kind of real time, but you know, it's it's giving you a moment to like go through your menu or whatever. So, I had a good time with it. I was like pulling off limit breaks and stuff at the end, and like uh, you get like these like duo techniques with Sephiroth, which are just completely insane. But uh, every single battle is like an event. Like it's just really cinematic, and it's all about like finding the weak points and then exploiting them. And I, it's not like Monster Hunter because that's truly like real time but it still kind of reminded me a bit of monster hunter because you're always kind of trying to find the weak spot to get the animations to happen in the right way to where you can move to the next phase of the battle but yeah i had a really good time with it and uh the demo basically ends with sephiroth going bad and you know a big tragedy happening back in a cloud's hometown so uh i think that's actually from the original game it was just more delivered as a cutscene. but you gotta play play it this time it's kind of a. I mean, it, it from what from what I heard it described on podcasts, it kind of reminds me of uh, if you ever if you ever played like um, what's it called Mass Effect Two on PlayStation because playing mm-hmm. Mass Effect One was never there. There was like this interactive comic that like would happen at the beginning, just so you could choose all the make the same choices, so they would affect you in the different game. It's probably not like that, but it reminds me of that. Like we're kind of like bringing you up to speed of what happened before, but kind of like letting you somewhat play it. Right, that's what you're saying. I guess that. so, yeah. It's interesting because like, you're in the town and you can go anywhere you want. You basically like walk into the town and Sephiroth's like your boss or whatever. He's like, well, it seems like you got some catching up to do. Just go around and uh, talk to people. And so you can kind of just explore the town, talk to everyone. And it takes place in the before times. So like, you go to Tifa's house and she's not there. And her parents are like, oh, I bet you know, you're know you going to get up into trouble as a soldier. And everybody's just kind of lighthearted about it. Yeah, because uh, the other their soldier group or whatever it was called. It's like back right. when back so when they you, were uh, chums or whatever. So then you and uh 
Sephiroth have to go to the whatever the the uh, the materia or whatever the hell they call it this game the factory you got to go to and uh, I can't I don't think it's called materia whatever it's called but you're going to that spot and uh, all of a sudden like Tifa shows up wearing a like a safari outfit or whatever and she's like I'm going to be the one to escort you to the spot and then all of a sudden Tifa's in your party so. I think they added that as fan service. I don't think that was in the original version, but yeah, Tifa is just like, Oh yeah, I was there. I remember this, all these things happening. Cause I was there too. I just happened. I just happened to be the, uh, yeah, I just happened to be the, the, the trail guide for them for some reason. They're, they're doing like what, uh, Larry was saying. Like, it's like OC remix pretty much, right? They're taking, uh, they're basically taking Final Fantasy seven and re and arranging it in a different way for this, for this. One. I guess so. So characters are, I'm really curious to see because I bet you anything that Aerith doesn't die, that she that she does not die in rebirth, that she will live forever and never die, and somebody else will die. I bet you. Anything. I have a feeling it's a, a <laughs> choice, maybe. Maybe like there might be some sort of way you can save her, but I don't know how much the game really has to do with that. But yeah, after playing through the demo, which probably took about two hours, maybe not quite. You know, and I was I'm not great at these games, so most people could probably get through it quicker. But uh, I actually downloaded the original remake, the original Final Fantasy VII remake, which is why I said it was not a Final Fantasy VII. No, oh, yeah, because it keeps going, and yeah. uh, it's, it's so not, I downloaded that. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't played it yet. I've only ever played the demo, but it, it is on my PlayStation, and you know it was free because what well, was with PS Plus? It was so. free with the second version of PS Plus, basically the one that's like kind of equivalent to a. Uh, game pass is what people yeah. compare it to because i'm on the i'm on the basic level where you don't get that uh, there it actually was on sale like um the final fantasy 7 remake was on sale for 15 dollars, and for a second yeah. i thought about getting it just to try it and i'm like and i'm just like i'm like what do you i'm like you don't even like final fantasy 7 why are you even thinking about this so i just so yeah. i didn't so i didn't get it because i'm like I, I didn't get but i played the demo on ps4 and i thought it was okay but I was just like, I don't have the time to play through this game. And also, I don't know. Really I definitely care don't about plan Final on finishing VII. it, but I haven't to play it. And I also don't plan on getting rebirth. I don't plan on getting the rebirth right away, but I am looking forward to what people think of it. And if it hypes me up more, maybe I will get it. But it was fun. You know, I think it's a nice little demo. If anybody that's PS5 should download it and play it for free. I would. Good. I don't have a PS5, but I mean, now I got to wait for the PS6, right? Because the. PlayStation's already kind of carting off the PS5. That's what it seems like. They're like, oh yeah, yeah we're done. We're, news, we're done yeah. with this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. like the PlayStation Five is near the end of its life. So it barely it, even was. It, it was barely even alive. Project. Like it just became yeah. available to people. I feel like this year or last year. I mean, pretty much like last year, it yeah. finally became available. It's been to out buy. for almost four years. And it, and didn't it drop in twenty? Didn't it drop in twenty twenty or something like that? Like in the middle of the bullshit and all that. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. been out almost four years. Right around. Because I think it might have been like the summer, spring of the summer. But it was like mostly made available what, a year or two ago, maybe. About ago. I would say it was about a year ago is when it became like you could actually yeah. just buy it online when you wanted to. So I've had mine for close to a year now. People could finally actually find it like last year. So it's kind of weird for them to be like, we're already moving on. I think I, I want to say I got mine like last March or April. It was something so like I've that. So I've almost had it for a year. I, and I love it. I, I love it. I I play it every day. You do, yeah. Well, because you got that one game that you need to finish soon enough. There's a lot of really big games on it. But uh, one game I tried this week just to like play something a little different, also just free to download for me, was the uh, Soul Calibur 6. And I haven't played Soul Calibur in a long time. 
And, you know, I'm not a big fighting game person, but I always loved the Soul Calibur games. Like, they just have... Yeah. I like that... One of the big thing I really liked about them was that you could, like, keep hitting people after they land on the ground, which I think other games do eventually, but you could, like, extend your combos to after they land on the ground. You just keep smacking them, you know? Like, I love that. The guy is saying you win or whatever, you just keep smacking them. Oh, sure. That's great. Yeah, I mean, you can, but... Just hit hit with that bow staff, just keep, keep smacking the guy. Yeah, it's got like a creative fighter in it, so I did that, and so technically I did beat a game this week because I played through the uh, story mode with the, the creative fighter. You know, whatever the normal difficulty was, it was pretty easy to get through, maybe 20, 20 or thirty minutes. But I played through, you know, the, the the tower or whatever of bad guys, and then got my credits. But I do, I do like it. It's fun, and you get to like earn points to buy costumes and different uh, weapons. You know, because you could equip. Equipping weapons as part of this game, which is pretty cool because mm-hmm. it changes your fighting style, and uh, just a just a really fun fighting game. It looks gorgeous still. I think it came out like 2018. This particular one, but you know, it looks good, and it has has Geralt in it, which surprised me when I fought Geralt. Oh yeah, I was I wondering who the extra yeah who the extra people were. And then all of a sudden, I'm fighting Geralt. I'm like, oh shit, he has two swords. I better watch out. <laughs> I saw that you were playing it on PlayStation, and I was like, Soul Calibur Six. I was like, which was the last one that I played? And I was like. I thought maybe that was the same one, but no, I played Soul Calibur 4 on PlayStation yeah. 3, and that was the one that had Yoda and Darth Vader on it, when it had like the mm-hmm. Star Wars characters in it, and I think it had the dude from Force Unleashed in there too, probably, or something like that. Yeah, it had like, the Xbox One had Yoda in it because of the green lightsaber, and the and the, mm-hmm. the PlayStation 1 had Darth Vader in it because of the red lightsaber, but by the time that I bought it, they were available on both versions or whatever. So, I was trying to remember, remember I when, I, was, when I, I played it Soul Calibur 2... That was on GameCube. Was with, it two or three on the GameCube that had uh, Link in it? It was and two. Spawn was in it, like the Xbox yeah, version. Xbox. Spawn was on Xbox, but there was a character called yeah. Necrid, which was made by Todd McFarlane, which basically looked like Spawn without a without a cape. So we pretty much had Spawn on the GameCube version, also. Yeah. And on the PlayStation one, it had Hihachi in there, who like is already, which is weird because some Tekken, right? Yeah, I was gonna say. Um, because I've been playing, uh, I've been playing Tekken Tag Tournament two on Wii U, oh. uh, just because I've heard all this talk about Tekken eight, and I really want to play it, but I don't have a PS five, so I can't play it. So I'm like, what Tekken games do I have? And I'm like, wait, I got Tekken Tag two on Wii U, so I've been playing it. I've actually been playing it on the on the controller. I haven't played it on a TV yet. I've only played it on the controller, and I've just been running through the arcade mode. So you could say I beat a game too. But uh, no, I've just been cool. just fucking around with it. Just uh, I mostly play as King. King was always my favorite character because if you play Tekken, King is a wrestler. Like all of his moves are fucking yeah. wrestling moves. So he has. Always, he's got, he looks has like these, a, a leopard, right? Yeah, he's got, got like a. a yeah, well, actually, there's there's like a two different kings in Tekken Tag Two. There's Armored King and Regular King. But yeah, he yeah he has like this uh this like um whatever animal head. And, like, yeah, you basically do a bunch of different holds and suplexes and stuff like that. So he was always my favorite. So I've just been doing, like, King and what other random character and just trying to, like, figure out some of the combos and stuff. Because I really, like, the new Tekken 8 stuff sounds great, like, with the with the whole, like, arcade quests and all that shit. Like, that would be the main thing. I was like, if I ever bought a PS5, I would buy it for fighting games, not for not for whatever else. I say, you might you check. Know? You might be able to get soul caliber i don't know if it's in your tier but you might check because no I'm, I'm the i'm the low tier uh i'm whatever the basic whatever the basic level is but you can still get a 
There's like a Tony Hawk-ish game with guns that I just downloaded that's supposed to be fun. I don't know what it's called. Mm-hmm. Rollerball or, or whatever the fuck it's called. Something with roller in Oh, it. yeah, yeah. Also, uh, Tales, of, Tales of Arise is coming out on the 20th for the lowest level. And I really wanted to play that because, you know, we were Tales fans, Tales of Symphonia. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was it um, Vesperia was good on Switch also. So mm-hmm. I, I heard a lot about Arise. So I'll definitely try that out whenever that gets on there. But yeah, other otherwise, I, I tried Dead Space. It's not for me. I don't know. It's just like <laughs> Resident Evil 4 all over again. I'm, I'm too scared to play it. It's so good, though. Well, I, I haven't played the remake, but Scares the first one. Actually, I was looking for my... Like I said, I was trying to find Tekken games. I've been playing Tag Tournament, too, but I found that I had Tekken 6 also on PS3. But I still have Dead Space 1 and 2 on PS3, and I... I was like, I was like, fuck the remake. I can just play that first one again. Because yeah, I love, I love that first one. I played through it twice. I played it on 360, and then I bought it on PS3 and bought it again and played it again because I liked it so much. But yeah, it, it is creepy, but it's it's great. I'll give it some more testing, but I just I hate jump scares. And yeah, that's just kind of how that game's made. And I, you know, you're fumbling to like use your laser right, and because you have to cut the limbs off, you have to like rotate your laser, and yeah, yeah, that just gets a little bit like it gets a little like fumbly for me and i get frustrated can you and, uh, uh can you gyro aim can you like tilt to... no oh okay Not that I, was I, saying, I was saying that would help uh, it would help you if it was there i'll check it out maybe it's in the like deep in the control menu but i couldn't find any gyro stuff in there needless to, to say it i mean it looks great it's just damn um and then lastly of course Baldur's gate 3 <laughs> I, I don't have to talk about it too much other than i think i'm basically at the end of the game i've gotten to the spot where you go somewhere and they're like, this is where the, you know, I'm not going to run it, but this is where the main boss is because of all these creatures that symbolize that it's going to be here. Like all these little tiny creatures that like show that it's going to be there, whatever. And then I tried to go further. They're like, you can't go yet. You don't have the two crystals. And so I'm working on getting one of those two. So I think after I get the other one, then I can go beat the games. So who who knows? Like I'm, I'm actually on the boss to get one of the two, and uh, in the meantime, like two of my characters now have just ascended to like crazy evil people that a bunch of people had to die for them to like become this like powerful, super powerful being, and then the other two people in my party are like part, they're part mind flayer now because I like allowed myself to be genetically altered. So long gone are my days of trying to play this game in a good way. In fact, I've killed so many good people that. I've been completing quests and then it'll just be like, all right, well you killed that guy, but you can't <laughs> collect your reward because the person's dead. Cause you killed them. So like all these quests just started like dropping off of my like side quests. And now I only have, I only have like three, three left. So, you know, I'm sure if I went around and talked to people, I might find some more, but yeah, it definitely feels like I'm approaching the end game. So we'll see if I finish by next week or not. I doubt it, but I think within the next couple of weeks, I could put a pin in this game for a while. I hope so. And I'm actually looking forward to that because I want to play other stuff. Well, you said... Uh, it's so hard to focus. I mean, last week you were having uh, Baldur's Gate 3 fatigue, so I yeah. uh, I, I didn't mention it on my game. You know, whenever I edit a podcast, I list, I play stuff while I'm listening to it, and it always like will always be stuck in my mind forever. I was listening to you talking about Baldur's Gate 3 fatigue while I was killing people in Quake 2. So I always, <laughs> rem- always have those two together, but... Yeah. Well, I, I uh, you should play other games. I, uh, I was getting fatigued, but I went around to each of the like spots in the map. I just tried to uh, unlock the whole map. So I did a lot of grunt work this week to to where I feel like it's I'm not fatigued anymore. I've just well, 
I'm not fatigued, but I definitely just have some really grueling battles I have to fight, and then I'll be done. But at least I know what I have to do now. So that that's where I'm at in that game. But you know what? I still love it. It's a great game. Is that enough? Is that that's good for your yes. stuff? I just want to yes. real quickly just rattle through a couple news things. I don't know if it was when we were when it was in between or whatever. News and news, news, news. Don't snooze or you miss the news. The big thing for me is uh, Ease 10 has official kind of a release date. Uh, they said the fall. It doesn't have an actual date, but we did get a new trailer for Ease 10, which I've, you know, I played the Ease 10 demo, the Japanese demo. So I'm like, cool, it's coming out this year. Excellent. And the trailer looks great. What I'm wondering, and I haven't checked yet, I'm wondering if they're going to drop like the English translation on the Japanese eShop before it gets officially released in America. Mm-hmm. Because if that's the case, I'm going to fucking just flat out just buy it from the Japanese eShop early. And just play it that way because that would be great, you know. So you played through nine, right? Uh, not completely, but uh, I I'm going to try to before uh, before ten comes out. But ten looks really good. I'm really excited about ten. So, and Ease One is actually coming out. Will be out by the time this show posts. And uh, with all the games that I got, because I got I got the DLC, I got the AW DLC, I got I got a uh, Tomb Raider, and I also preloaded uh, Mario vs Donkey Kong. So I have enough gold oh, cool. points to get Ease 1 for free. That was actually my plan. I was like, well, I'll get these games, and then I won't have to pay for Ease. Well, Ease 1 is like $5. Like, it's not expensive. But I have enough gold points for that. So I'm going to get that for free once it's available. And I'm really, yeah, I'm excited to play Mario vs. DK. Uh, I really liked it on Game Boy. So we'll talk more about that next week, I'm sure. But uh, we're as I said, as my middle name, um, I, we're very directionless still. <laughs> because yep. uh we have no uh we have no direct there's still no direct and at this point i feel like there's just not going to be one it's just not going to happen we're going to see there's going to be like no february direct march i is think it gonna... might be next thursday <laughs> that, that's every week i hear that every week right where it's like i have a good feeling about next week it's that i don't know like since it hasn't happened this week and it didn't happen last week and i don't think it's going to happen next week i think it's not happening in february that's my prediction right here no one will ever quote me on twitter or whatever but they should uh I'd say that I said that's that's not going to happen this week. I'm going to say week. next Thursday. I'm going to stick to that just yeah. for this week. Well, that would just make, <laughs> that would that would just <laughs> no, make no my life even ever. that would just make my own my life even more annoying because of all the stuff I'll be doing plus trying to record this. But uh, yeah, it's like uh, I just don't think it's happening in February. That's my prediction. Maybe they're going to push it off because the reason I think this is because today we got a bunch of trailers that could have been in a direct easily. Number one, the East 10 announcement, which was on the, the Nintendo uh, YouTube, that could have been in a direct. Uh, yeah. I mean, the AW season stuff could have been in a direct. Um, they they, re- they released a new uh, Princess Peach uh, trailer that showed, like, new suits that we hadn't seen before. That would have been in a direct. There was this, like, fucking 10-minute trailer about the new um, the side story stuff for Splatoon 3. I don't mm-hmm. know if either of you saw it, but I'm, I'm more intrigued by it because it's all... It, it's just breaking down how it, it it is basically roguelike but like how it works you know where like you'll earn certain things as you're going but you get to keep some you know very much reminds me of like hades and those sort of games but i'm like more pumped on it now from watching this uh they did like a full like almost 10 minute trailer about it just breaking it all down so it's like this all could have been indirect but it's not so or you know so maybe well, we're just problem, not going to get one the problem with that line of thinking is it's not thinking like a psycho a Nintendo fan who would say that, oh, that means there's going to be gigantic news because they're clearing the table because we're we're going to get the full direct reveal of the, of the Switch 2 yeah. at the end of the month. 
and it'll, it'll come this month. So that you've heard it here first from me. That's what that's what's going to happen. We're going to get the full Nintendo Switch to direct uh, by the end of the month because they've cleared the table. Oh, I don't. I don't think this month because we still we still got. I think we still got to get through March because uh, Princess Peach is coming out at the end of March. I don't think they want to. I think they still want to get through the stuff. And don't forget that we still have like we still have the Paper Mario Thousand Year Door remake that isn't out yet. You know so. I don't, you know, if I feel if they do the Switch 2 too early, then it's going to just, degree, you know, people are going to forget about these other games that are still coming to Switch. So that's what I think. This, we're not going to see it yet. And, you know, whenever I think that I know a thing, Nintendo will always do, some, do something different. We should have all known that when I was like, all right, February, will, February Direct will be this day, and it didn't happen. It's because Nintendo was always trying to do different things. So maybe they will do a Switch 2 thing. But, I, but if I was putting money on it, I would say no. I would say later than than March. I would say ARP, I would say April or later. That's what I would say. Yeah, no, I'm just I'm being facetious. I, I think probably it'll be in, sometime later in the spring, summer, June. I think I said June before. I think that's all right. I mean, there's a bunch of Switch Two rumors that are out this week around the dead E3 time. I think I I think I said that before. Like yeah, July, like you were saying, when when E3 used to exist. Around that time, because they've always had a, yeah. even in 2020, when, you know, E3 died the first time, they still had a direct around that time. So I still think we'll see something. But yeah, Switch rumors. Let's talk about it. Yeah, I mean, there's some uh, welcome rumors would be like the one that says the Switch 2 is going to support physical and digital backward compatibility. That, that's great. You know, I think uh, we've been saying it and, and a lot of folks have been saying, I just want day one all of my games to be playable on the new system. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. And well, I mean, and if you look back, you know, Nint- you know, as we, Nintendo has done that many a times, like the Game Boy, mm-hmm. the Game Boy to the Game Boy Color to the Game Boy Advance, like all use the same cartridges or like the Wii to the Wii U or the GameCube to the Wii, like all had backwards compatibility. So I thought that they would continue to continue that cycle, like through those sort of things. That's cool that they've extended that to digital as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're not, you're not going to have to like re you know restart your uh, nintendo account like and i've heard even doug bowser has said about like wanting to continue you know it's like if you get your switch stolen you still get all your games back because it's tied to your nintendo account i think they want to keep your nintendo account going through and they had a similar thing even between like wii and wii u where in the virtual console if it was released on wii u and you already owned it you could buy it again for like 50 cents or something like that but that was the beginning of that it should just you know carry over from one to the other but I think I heard I heard on a podcast, maybe it was a NBC, that they're saying that like the Nintendo physical sales were higher than any of the other consoles. So that makes sense that they would keep it in Switch Two, you know, like instead of just being a digital only system, because people actually do still buy. I mean, John does, you know, yeah. like uh, the physical copies of yeah. the Nintendo specific first party stuff. And they said that those that yeah. they have the highest sale sales of physical uh, games right now. So. It would make sense it's for them to not take through, it away. You know, we like to assume everybody has broadband internet access. That's not that's not the, the case. There's folks who still just like to get physical games because for them to download a game would be impossible or would take forever. And there's also the uh, you know the, the whole thing of seeing something at the store. Ooh, I want that. You know that would be gone if it was all digital. You wouldn't go to a Walmart and see a game on the shelf and do an impulse buy or whatever like impulse buying is is a, a big thing you see a game on sale 20 bucks at the store yeah throw that in the basket um so i think i think 
physical is not going away entirely for for a while. Um, I think Nintendo will be will be making physical games at least for the generation beyond this one. Yeah, at least through Switch Two or whatever they call it. Three, Super, whatever. Super Switch. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they were the ones who, uh, you know, who kept the kept the car- the cartridges going to their own detriment, but then they brought them back again on the switch and it was it was cool now you know mm-hmm. you know like the cartridges for like 64 where that was a problem because you know versus the cd market but so then they went cd but then they brought the cartridges back for switch and now it's like hey you know well, i guess they never really went away for handheld gaming and all that but you know nintendo was i don't feel they're one that's going to turn from physical anytime soon a, a leaker who i don't know and probably isn't worth mentioning but uh what i like about it is they're saying that sega will give a lot of support to switch 2 and i believe that you know a lot of people wondered why uh, Persona 3 Reload was not going to be a Switch game, even though the other Persona games had already been on there and had been big sellers. I thought I originally thought that it was because they were saving it till Switch 2, you know, to the next system. Now all they need is now that the guy who said that Switch was a baby system from the Yakuza company, now that he's gone, let's put some fucking Yakuza games on Switch. Like seriously, 0 through 7 or like zero through eight or whatever, like as a collect, that would be huge. Or even like, you know, the, even like one, you know, even z- like, yeah, zero, zero through five or PS3 games that could easily run on switch. Like I, I feel like they're just, I've said it before, I'm sure, but they're just leaving money on the table here. You're just like, I don't want to make money. You could, so many people who have not played Yakuza games, people that should like John, yeah. uh, like me. you would love they it. Could start with Shenmue. If they want to ease into it. Oh, sure. Yeah. Don't forget Shenmue about those two. Yeah. Yeah. Those two. Yeah, but I mean, but the Yakuza. I mean, every time I play it, I was like, man, I wish you could play these. These are they do. They you know they have a. They're basically like what if a beat 'em up like was kind of like an RPG sort of, and you could build up your stuff. But what what's so, but what's so perfect about those Yakuza games, as I said before, is they can be they can be like serious and they can be funny like at the drop of a hat. They can go from like one to another, and that's continued on through, yeah, eight games now, you know, without the spinoffs or whatever. So. Put that shit on Switch. See what else do we have here? I think you'd be interested in this one. Lost Zero, Lost F Zero games were recreated by fans and are now playable. Did you read this article? This is fascinating. I think I saw it, and when I saw it, didn't have to do with F Zero ninety nine. I didn't. I just didn't read it. <laughs> but uh, so what this is, it's, it's the Saddle of You games. Yeah, yeah. You know, for those who are not familiar, in Japan, there was a unit you could buy for the Super Famicom called the saddle of you and it was essentially you download games and, and they'd be on your system momentarily and you turn the system off and they'd go away it was like live live games almost like the sega channel or something like that so, so these games only existed on the saddle of you which means they disappeared or lost the time right unless they have them on copies still at nintendo headquarters somewhere these games are not available to the public anymore um, but some fans were able to uh, recreate the games, and how they did it was was just interesting because they did it based off of YouTube footage. Um, they would review the YouTube footage of these games uh, that was uploaded to YouTube in 2018. So thankfully, somebody uploaded the images, um, and then they used a piece of software, a tool called uh, Graphite. Uh, I'm going to read the portion of the article now. So there's a tool called Graphite from YouTubers uh, Flibby, Flibbity Dibbity. 
that essentially looks at footage of a game. Uh, it had looked at Super Mario Brothers, right? Recreated Super Mario Brothers this way. So it looks at Super Mario Brothers being played, and it's able to determine the exact position on the screen of Mario as well as well as as well as the exact frame perfect button inputs being done at any given moment. So using the principles of graphite, uh, a guy going by Guy Perfect was able to create a similar tool for F Zero that was then applied to the uploaded recordings of the of the game on YouTube. So he was able to recreate it basically using this tool and footage from YouTube. I thought that was fascinating. This so this kind of I'm just uh, li- listening to you talk about this. How they say like how they needed to find it on a certain YouTube video. Now way back way back in the day in the late '90s when I was in college, uh, and we would download uh, you know emulators and ROMs and stuff like that. I actually played these games on an emulator when I was in college, like the BS oh, F Zero games. So they did already exist when they weren't on YouTube. So I'm. I don't know. Where did those go? I don't know. Like, I had them. I've played these. I just watched a video of them. I'm like, oh, yeah, I played these already when we were at LCC, when Jeremy and I were there. I played these, like, as ROMs that existed. Because I remember on the, because there was this, the Super Nintendo one, and I played the first one, but there were sequels that were this, this, basically, were basically the BS ones that people had as ROMs. I'm just wondering where, where those disappeared to and why people needed to find different ways to find them. Because I 100% played these you know, like 25 years ago, <laughs> you know, maybe they just disappeared or whatever. Maybe Nintendo pulled them off and you can't get them anymore. But I, I totally, I, I just watched the YouTube video of it where they pulled it from. And I was like, Oh yeah, no, I played this. I totally played this on an emulator. Maybe they're not as lost as these folks thought. But yeah, aside from that, and the last one, last one that I, I think is worth mentioning is that IGN has announced IGN live, which is an in-person fan event in LA in June. So IGN is doing E3. Yeah, they're like, uh, <laughs> there's no E3, so let's create our own E3. I mean, that makes sense. They get the power to do that. I right? think it's cool. I, mean, I, I still believe that there is a need for an uh, in-person, industry-wide uh, gaming convention that's more focused on, um, that, that is also focused on business, You know, not just, say, like PAX or whatever, fan events. Well, this is called IGN. It's an in-person fan event. Um, you know, I, I, I'm going to assume that there's going to be some, there's going to be enough industry professionals there and stuff. They've, uh, they said that you know, it's going to be industry they're, they're gathering all this stuff. I think that there's going to be some business aspect to it. And I think IGN, this is like IGN's foot in the door to trying to like do their own E3 and do it in a way that they've probably, uh, you know, had, had ideas on how E3 could have been done better. You know, they've been going to E3 since pretty much the inception of IGN, you know, 25 years or whatever. I'm sure they have thoughts and I'm sure they just said, you know what, we got the contacts and we have some ideas on how to do it. And we think this is worthwhile and let's just do it. So I, I think it's cool. I think, I think they're going to be successful at it. They've been to enough E3s that they can create their own, right? I mean, yeah, they've been there for yep. years. I like that. I mean, whatever, go for it. So, yeah, I think that's good. Um, yep. We had a that's good. extra long episode here, so. Hope everybody enjoyed it. And if uh, you're not completely tired after this three-hour whatever episode, go to patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast. You can listen to that OC Remix episode that we were talking about earlier with Larry and listen to. John gave your top five, but we didn't give our top five. So you can listen to our top fives on that episode. Plus, uh, 
there'll be a WART radio out before I leave state over the weekend. So you can check that out. Plus videos and merch and whatever level you're on. You can check that out there. And if you want to hear us talk more about wrestling, go to twitch.tv slash Podcast or youtube.com slash Podcast, and you can see our WrestleChat videos. My plan was to try to do another one after this, but we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, check all that out, and you can find us uh, at Nintendo underscore domain and at jmaxstack on uh, Twitter. And also, we're on the Bisky now, and I finally know what that means because we're on Blue Sky now. You can find uh, Nintendo Main. I've heard Blue Sky, Blue Sky referred to as Bisky, and I didn't get it, but now I do because that's what the website is, is B-S-K-Y, so it looks like Bisky. But, yeah, Blue Sky. Uh it's open to everyone. Jeremy mentioned at the end of last episode, so I was like, hey, why the fuck not? So we're on there now, basically trying to find all the people that I followed on Twitter and uh, find them there. So, yeah, check that out. It's less uh, terrible than Twitter. So go to go to Blue Sky. But, yeah, thanks so much for listening to episode 409. We've been your hosts. I'm Trey Johnson. Trey Bukowski. Thunder. And uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Oh, see ya. There you go. Remix.